0: and we're live
1: welcome back everyone to another episode of professional idiocy i'm your host barat and i have my co-host james hello there and our special guest for today nonat
2: that's my name (laughs)
1: uh, welcome to the podcast
2: thank you i'm really happy to be here guys i'm psyched i think this is the first official podcast i've ever been a guest on we will take that with stride that's
1: that's (laughs) an honor All right, let's get right into it with our fact of the day that we haven't done in a long time. Uh, Did you know that pigeon poop is the official property of the British crown?
2: What? (laughs) Wait, what? (laughs) Yes. They have, like,
1: ownership? In the the 18th century, pigeon poop was used to make gunpowder, so King George I confirmed the droppings to be property of the crown.
2: What if it's not dropped in British land?
1: Yeah, it, just, it belongs to I them.
2: imagine,
0: like, all of New York City now is just completely owned by the British Empire.
2: Right, and is it, like, transitive? Like, anything the pigeon poop touches, is that British as well?
1: I don't think it's transitive. <laughs> I think it's just the poop itself. Like, <laughs> would they collect it? It dries and evaporates.
0: Well, if you think about it, like, the British spent their entire time as an empire trying to expand themselves. So if they get pigeon poop, then they can get everywhere. Like,
1: right? India wasn't
0: far enough. Like, they kept going. They're like, we owed birds and just went with it. Now, here's my question. Is this still a thing? Was this
2: ever repealed at some point?
1: Oh, no. It's, it's never been repealed what? to my knowledge.
2: That is so crazy. <laughs> that's absolutely insane. I love it. Now, wait, was it... Now, which bird's poop did uh, China use for their, their face paint? Because uh, if you're not aware, that's also... Bird I poop. Didn't, I didn't uh, know that. Like, uh, back in the day, the, uh, the bright white face paint that um, a lot of performers in Asian countries used was made of bird poop. Um,
1: nightingale. Really? Specifically? Yeah, it was nightingale. Uh, I see that, yeah. Huh, I'm missing right.
0: out on, like, a whole
1: bird poop culture. <laughs> like, this is news. <laughs> oh, oh, my The thing word. about nightingale, though, nightingale droppings are lead-based. Le- it's lead based makeup. That is not good. They're, they're they're left poop their poop is lead like based. Damaged.
2: Where's the lead coming from?
1: Somewhere. What, what are they eating?
0: <laughs> I have so many more questions than answers now.
2: And I feel like that's what a good fact of the day should do. Well done, Barat. Well done.
1: Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> All right, now time to get into like the actual questions. So, uh. As a, as a content creator, what's uh is there anything like special, you know, compared to other uh, occupations?
2: So as a guy who worked uh, a few different jobs, I did a donut shop, I did pizza delivery and I did a movie theater one summer. Uh, It's definitely a lot more free, you know, you're your own boss, you make your own content, you make your own hours, yada, yada, yada. And With that freedom does come with its own set of stress. I find content creation, it's not like work where, you know, you might go to work or school. Honestly, it's a very similar feeling. You know, while you're there, you're stressed. You're there. You can't leave. You don't have a choice. But once it's over, it's over. For me, one of the hardest things about content creation uh, is, you know, unless you're one of the huge bigwigs, your office is your house, which means even when you're done with work, you don't get to leave work. So, you know, I'll work 10 hours straight on my computer. I'll be like, Oh, I'm done. Time to play Diablo. (laughs) I'm still sitting in the same spot. So you never get to leave work and work is always there. And there's this constant stress of like, I could be doing work right now. I could be doing work. And it's, you know, you get out what you put in so that leads to it, this constant sense of, I haven't done enough. You know, you don't get to work 40 hours and make 40 hours of your paycheck. You know what I mean? Um, it's a lot of, I just worked 40 hours. Was that enough? <laughs> I don't know. Um, I could ramble onto that for that for hours, but yeah, we can keep I mean, things more specific if you want.
1: <laughs> you know, it's very completely understandable. Cause like, uh, it's just you're in your home the entire time. You can't, you know, leave home. You have eventually have to come back to the place you work anyways.
2: Yeah. And honestly, uh, in the last, you know, the last six, seven months or whatever, uh, it's, yeah. been, it's been rough because it's hard enough to get out right now. And so I don't leave my house nearly as often as I should to be healthy. Like I probably only leave my house every other day, every three days to go like grocery shopping or something. So the stir-crazy definitely steps in and you start feeling kind of trapped with your work.
0: Yeah, we kind of get that because, like, especially with school, going more virtual and as mm. we go on. Like, for us, it's, okay, I finished all eight hours of classes. All right, homework. and then, right? yeah. Yeah, it just goes right into that, like, cycle loop of, like, all right, well, there's family work I need to do. There's, like, other stuff that we also have to do. So, like, we kind of get that, like, feeling of just, like, the house is now the office.
2: Exactly. Yeah, especially cuz if
0: you are having classes
2: from home, then yeah, it's the exact same thing. The second you finish, you don't get to go outside, get in the car, drive somewhere else and have that time to get into that whole different headspace. It's so hard to to switch your your brain on and off while you're sitting in the same spot. Oh yeah.
1: For me, it's been a feeling, it's been more of a feeling of like being trapped in one place. Mm-hmm like Agreed. you're essentially trapped in one mindset because uh, after like when we had school in person you would leave school and then you would have that bus ride home to transition into like other things and it gives you that time to like you know switch but now you're just trapped in that mindset exactly
2: and the same thing applies to driving to and home from work you know you have that time whatever listen to some music put on a podcast or on a bus you know talk to some friends and, you know, when you leave school, you might talk about homework and school, but the, the longer the bus ride goes, the less about school it becomes and more about, oh, what are you doing this weekend? What are you doing? What are you playing lately? And yeah, you just get that distance, which can help so much mentally.
0: So how do you like kind of, because you're a YouTuber, which means it's a lot of extra hours on top of recording. It's the editing, it's the, you know, the publishing and making sure all that out. Is there like some sort of strategy you use to like decompress after like all that kind of work?
2: Uh, My usual go-to is honestly just been video games. What's been nice is I've been able to sort of rekindle my love for video games, which I think we're going to talk about this later, but I did video game live streaming for two years as my job. And after two years, video games started to feel like work. And I kind of fell out of that love I had for them. I still enjoyed them. But after I switched from live streaming to YouTube, I really didn't play many video games for a good month or two. And then I finally started picking them back up and they have been that escape I've needed. Yeah. Just, if I can't go anywhere, at least I can lose myself in a video game and forget where I am for a little bit. And that kind of replicates the, the, the the school bus away. Um, But other than that, yeah. uh, Watching a show, hanging out with my girlfriend or something, but for the most part, even when I'm done working on Pathfinder stuff, I do keep looking at Pathfinder stuff.
0: <laughs> yeah, I could definitely nature. speak to that habit of just, all right, I'm, d- I'm working on this project. Oh, well, here's a Pathfinder thing. I- I'm distracted again.
2: It's so easy to get lost, dude. There's so much to it. Character builds, theories, new content.
0: You have no clue. <laughs> between like four games and like a gajillion players between each of them. Oh, yeah. Okay, so um, one thing I did want to kind of talk about with you was how did you, so you just mentioned that you started in video games, right? Mm -hmm. And then you did live streaming with that for two years. What kind of made you shift gears into like tabletop RPG and all that stuff? Because that's where your channel is now primarily focused on.
2: Yeah, so I have loved tabletop role playing since my freshman year of college, which was – I'm old uh, – seven seven years ago. Um, I did t- – I technically played D&D when I was in high school. I think, yeah, like a year and a half before that when I was, yeah, either a junior or senior in high school. I played D&D for the first time, and it did not go well. <laughs> I, can, I can share the story if you'd like. I haven't shared this anywhere else on the internet if you want to be – Oh, yes. All right. I can
1: attest to, like, playing D&D for the first time, and it just – Terribly going. Oh man,
2: it's going to be really blurry. This was eight and a half nine years ago. All I remember is we made characters at the table, so that already took like two hours. Um, We started playing, and the DM was a freshman, uh, and he was he was really eager. And maybe this is just me over exaggerating the memory, but I do remember him having a big crush on my girlfriend at the time, who was also at the table. (laughs) and things miraculously just wouldn't go my way in that game <laughs> huh, i <laughs> wonder know, why <laughs> we were on a pirate ship and already starting out it was super railroady in just that we were on a pirate ship and it was okay the pirates are having you do this now and i think at one point i was like what if i don't want to do that and then i think the pirates just came over and knocked my character unconscious <laughs>
0: Jesus, what is this, the old, like, 3.5 days? I like don't, I don't even remember what it was. Because oh. 5th Edition wasn't out yet. I don't think that it was out eight this years was, ago. This, this would have been, yeah, 2012,
2: 2013. 5th Edition was 2014. Yeah. I don't even know what edition we were playing. It's, it it's it might have been edition. Pathfinder. It might have been 1e Pathfinder. I'm okay. not positive. And again, I don't remember a whole lot of the details. Because we only ended up playing for probably two, two and a
0: half hours. I just remember not getting to do anything (laughs) i hate those kind of gms like i've seen like horror stories of just oh i my gm hates me and this is my punishment for being here and yeah and i
2: just remember not even getting to like not just me but everyone not getting to roll the dice that often and it was much more of a we roll when the gm tells us to i think there was combat but even before that it would be like okay so you guys have to go pull up the anchor from the ship and, okay, you two, roll athletics. Can I help? No. <laughs> that, kind of, that kind of experience is what I remember it being. I could be remembering horribly wrong, but it, was, it just felt very much like we were playing the GM's game, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, that's definitely, like, a big fear of mine because I have not been one of those players who takes nicely to GM railroading. I will, not even necessarily consciously, I will go
2: out of my way to screw up a railroad. If if it's so hardcore railroad, I will, again, I don't do it to be like, I'm going to spite this GM. It's just part of me is so averse to railroading that if they put bells and whistles on a forest saying, this is where the story is, (laughs) I'll go check out the bartender. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, so a few years later in college, I met my girlfriend and she let me play Pathfinder with her group, which was my first like real time playing with experienced players, um, as well as I started a 3.5 campaign with some of my college friends. And I played in both those groups for a while, which was awesome. And then it wasn't really until after college that I really jumped deep into the pool, started buying my own books, started running my own games with my friends, uh, and totally lost myself in the hobby. The downside was that I really didn't have too much time to play it. I ran one campaign of D&D Basic, uh, which which used the Rules Cyclopedia, if you're familiar with that.
0: Oh, back uh, in the old like red box edition. Exactly. And- it
2: came out alongside Advanced D&D. They were different systems, but they came out around the same time. Yeah. I still love go. that system. We uh we rolled that system for probably 8 or 9 months and unfortunately that one did fizzle out. But around that time is when I was picking up live streaming and yeah, uh some little, a little bit of background on that is that I jumped into YouTube as a, you know, classic let's player you know 17 16 year old kid wants to be a let's player um, gave that a shot totally bombed did not get anywhere I think I got to I shouldn't say I got nowhere I think I got like 450 subscribers after like two years of doing that while I was in high school and having no idea what I was doing um, and then I really abandoned it I dropped it I'd released like two or three videos every two or three months it was really inconsistent um, and then after graduating college, about a year and a half after, I saw this ad for a streaming website uh, known as Caffeine.TV. I'm actually wearing a sweatshirt of theirs right now. Oh, cool. It's, it's still not super well known, but it's a, it's a place where a lot of people stream, not just video games, but you know, people talk music, people have talk shows. Uh, it's a lot of different stuff. But I, I went on there as a video game streamer and kind of was picking up speed fairly quickly. Uh, I hit, I want to say like a thousand followers in about three or four months on the platform, maybe five months. And uh, Caffeine, the platform took notice and the staff themselves were very intimate. We got to know them. They really supported me. And with their help, you know, I, they kept me growing a little bit. And eventually I was put on a contract with them for a monthly payment. As long as I streamed so many hours, so many days a week. And you know, I was living the dream. I was making enough to live off of. I had an awesome community. I was playing video games every day, but it did slowly start getting to me. And some, there were a lot of problems with the platform. You know, it's not a big guy like YouTube. It's a very small in quotation marks company. Uh, And as things started going south, I prepared some backup plans and I'm glad I did. About two months before I quit streaming, I started this YouTube channel, No Nat Ones because uh, I, I had been getting into Pathfinder 2e we've been playing it a little bit and I really wanted to make some content about it and so I started doing that like two or three videos a week while streaming like six days a week and eventually uh, I knew that caffeine was not going to re-up my contract I know my stats weren't doing well everything wasn't I wasn't getting many viewers and if you don't make good enough stats they have the right to drop you you know naturally um, and so I just expected that preemptively so I started known at ones I made the Pathfinder character creation video, which took off on Reddit like wildfire, which was lucky as hell. (laughs) Um, And from there, I, you know, they dropped me from the contract and I was like, hey, I'm sorry, guys, I can't afford to stream and do YouTube. And I did what's honestly not the smartest thing, but I felt strongly enough that I could make it work. I took out a small business loan. Um, So I took out a, a, a sizable chunk of loan to afford to do YouTube full-time even though I wasn't making a profit off of it yet but because of that I was able to put all my effort five six days a week into this channel and build it up to where it is now where I am making enough barely (laughs) to live off of from YouTube and the growth is just still going strong so I'm I'm happy that risk paid out because it's very possible I could have just been out a ton of money if that failed but other than that, once I started doing content, I just haven't stopped and it's where
0: I am now. Uh yeah. Oh sorry, Brock, go ahead.
1: <laughs> with like uh stuff like content, we just start we started the podcast. We were just like we spontaneously started this out of nowhere. <laughs> I think it <this laughs> was just like a dumb tech stream. We were
0: going on, I can't remember what class, maybe my first block. So who, who... it was
1: we were in a class and then we were extremely bored and so we just came up with the idea. It's us like let's make a podcast, why not? Yeah.
0: We were like, who's will ever listen to this? You're just like, we're going to get canceled 20 years down the line doing this. We're all like, yeah, we know, but we'll get to it. It's okay, fun. <laughs> Dude, you sometimes know.
2: the spontaneous ideas are the best. They're the most fun, you know? I will tell this, you. This just, has been. I- I'm glad to hear it. Uh, I will tell you, no matter what happens, whether it goes nowhere or anywhere, don't delete it. Never delete it. Even if, like, you know, if you stop at eight episodes, keep it. Five, yeah, six later on. years down the line, you'll want to check it out. Because I ashamedly deleted, like, my first 50, 60 YouTube videos I ever made. And I would kill to watch them again.
1: So we started this, like, I think last month, and we're almost at 200 plays already. That's looking awesome, to, dude. That's yeah. Really yeah, looking at the stats right now, we started it, like, last month. Oh, yeah, no, it's been, like,
0: an absolute blast because, like, for us, it's, like, a mini break from school. And yeah. it's, like, an hour or two out of our day to, like, just get a recording out and... Honestly, actually coming off that first video that we did with like the first audio stream, we like, we learned so much about like how we wanted it and like how important format was. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I really think we've benefited ever since like we started going into a more like formatted somewhat formatted i say that very loosely because i'm just having like <laughs> almost like ptsd of like stuff i've said that's just gone off the roll off the wall i mean that's the
2: nature of podcasts you know tangents and yeah. rants will happen but no that is one of the most important parts of content creation as a whole no matter what you're doing never stop learning that is one of the things i regretted from live streaming is i got very comfortable i knew what my fans like to watch me play i would play them i would just casually do it and i kind of stopped I won't say I stopped trying, but I definitely was not putting in as much effort as I had been. And, you know, there are consequences from that. So if you keep learning, keep innovating, keep changing and making your content better, that is how you will succeed. And it is really awesome to hear that you guys are already learning within your first few episodes.
1: Our, uh, our original format had like four or five people per episode. And then <laughs> we did the first one and it just didn't work.
2: I can, I can see that. Yeah, I try not to have too, too many people on on a video if I can, it's, which is what's tough about, like, role-playing games, you know? If you're doing, like, an actual play, you're going to have five or six people, and that can be a problem, I've noticed, is it is hard to keep everybody silent but one person at a time.
0: Yeah, uh, we've recorded two episodes for our um, D&D stuff here, and, uh, yeah, that was definitely a problem at points. Yeah. Uh. A- sorry go ahead oh, oh
2: that's not good
0: i know i was gonna just cycle into another question so if you're gonna say something please go uh, ahead i was just gonna say i think what people can do
2: for actual plays that make it more bearable and easy is they record it's so much more work but they record every single individual person on a separate audio track so if there are people talking over each other they can just mute one of them and just the important stuff gets through but man at that point that's like that's like 12 hours of editing an episode.
0: <laughs> yeah, we've been thinking about like ways of doing that using a couple programs. It's just a yeah, lot of work. Uh,
1: it's a lot. Cause, yeah, because some of our guests only have access to like, school laptops, and you can't really record anything off of a school laptop.
2: I feel that. Didn't stop me from trying when I was in high school. though. <laughs> Let me tell you about those Let's Plays I record on a MacBook emulator.
0: <laughs> okay, so you mentioned before that your first ever video was on the known one channel is, and I'm looking at it right now, is the Pathfinder second edition character creation basics. Mm-hmm. And so you said that was like blew up on Reddit and stuff, which. Yeah, obviously was... looking at your statistics, it's it definitely did.
2: <laughs> it's, it's still my most popular video. I'm not even proud of that one anymore. It's not a perfect video. <laughs> I missed some things. There's a lot of other stuff I wish I had said. Uh, I'll probably remake it someday.
0: Yeah, I was gonna actually ask you what have you what did you say that about from that first video moving forward? What have you like learned about YouTube or about the like content that your like fans obviously watch? So
2: some of the most important things I've learned are metrics and a few things about them. First off, is learn them, learn how to read them, and learn how to glean the important information from them. And two, I'm still working on this one, don't let them affect you mentally because it's really easy. Like uh, when the Summoner and Magus playtest came out, and I covered those, those two videos shot to my top rated. And, you know, since then, um, Paizo hasn't released quite as much, you know, big stuff. You know, new classes are always going to be the biggest thing. And so the following month, especially because they didn't really announce much of anything that month, my metrics tanked in comparison. And so it's easy to say, oh God, people don't like my content anymore. I'm screwed. But you need to look at it, analyze it and rationalize it, saying people watched more because there was brand new stuff officially. And like I said, rationalize the ebbs and flows of your metrics, but also be able to analyze them for what they are, you know, figure out what works, figure out what doesn't work. Like, one of the biggest hurdles for me to get over is I'm not a huge fan of selling myself out, you know, like, and subscribe guys, but it works, you know, like the key is to take it and keep it entertaining. You know, I always try to do some kind of joke when I tell people to subscribe, not just don't forget to like, and Oh that's my God,
0: it. the God of YouTube ones <laughs> always
2: kill me. <laughs> I need to bring back our God, the algorithm. I haven't done an hey. algorithm joke in way too long.
1: You, you guys heard it here first, huh? Like, subscribe, and share with your friends. Absolutely.
2: <laughs> share – what? It's professional idiocy? Is that yeah. it? Yeah. yeah, that's Yeah, yeah follow professional idiocy, idiocy on Twitter and me, no nat ones. I'm also That's our soundbite. <laughs> <laughs> Steal it, rip it, go
0: for it. Um, no, I think definitely after that, um, just going from your channel because I – I've obviously been watching you for quite some time. Like, I definitely after that Magus and Summoner video, I feel like your format kind of changed because you went from, like, all right, here's basics level one. Now yes. it's, like, here's all feats. Like, and well, it's been so helpful.
2: Yeah, and, I, and I'm glad it's been more helpful because that's – so my original intent making the Nat ones channel was actually to do what I started doing, but it's honestly the opposite of what I'm doing now. My original analysis of, you know, D&D channels, all those channels is – so many of them are just this is a guy scrolling through a pdf reading the text and i'm like i don't want to be that i want to give people the information they want right when they want it as easily accessible as possible which is why those first few videos you know my entire cleric level 1 guide is like 7 8 minutes long like that was the goal is to keep them all under 15 minutes and then when i released the summoner and magus video in those you know the summoner one was like an hour and 5 minutes people loved it dude like obviously a lot of people loved it for the new content but even going forward i did i covered uh six more of the uh the archetypes from the apg in that same format and it was almost pretty much a majority of people preferred that content where i show the whole page and i just talk about it live rather than having my little grid background and popping up the text boxes people enjoy being able to just have more on the screen And along with that, just the long form content, I've learned a ton of people use it like a podcast, like a ton of people don't even use my video for visual. They'll like load it up on their phone, put it next to them and start doing the dishes, which is crazy. But so yeah, for a lot of those people who use it for audio, long form content is just better for them. Is it bad that I've done that? Yeah, no, that's totally fine because I do the same thing. I don't do it with uh, RPG videos because, honestly, I don't consume a whole lot of RPG content on YouTube. Because once you do it, at least for me, once I do it for a job, I like to leave it at the job and, you know, enjoy other things. But, yeah, I'll load up, like, a Let's Play or something. And even if I'm not watching the gameplay, I'll, yeah, I'll set it there and start doing the dishes. Um, but, yeah, and that was just part of it, of watching my metrics, learning from my metrics. And, you know, long-form content just did better. And, yeah. Yeah. And I think there's something to be said also about change, whether it be good or bad. YouTube both loves and hates change. You need to keep it the same, but change it somehow. And it usually rewards that. You know, it starts recommending it to different people. You know, all of a sudden, all of my videos were getting recommended to people who YouTube thinks would like longer form content. That's a whole new branch of audience I can bring in. And that's the hardest part, like even something that you don't think would be drastic, like a Pathfinder 2e channel doing a Pathfinder 2e actual play, those videos did sadly really bad. That's why we've actually, for now, put the series on a hiatus because the metrics were just not doing well. My average videos would get, you know, 15 to 2,500 views in a week. Those were lucky to scrape six, 700. So it's it's tough because also you know sometimes reading the metrics means you need to make hard choices on what to cut and what to keep doing but if you don't pay attention to the metrics you will fall behind
0: yeah yeah i i totally like see that like point of view because like your channel has done like a number of like really good things and then you know like i'm looking at it like right now and You're right, like consistently those views aren't as strong, which is kind of unfortunate because, you know, I've always been in big support of like Let's Plays and I don't know. I feel like though your main part of your channel is still very consistently strong with... Which I'm happy about, Yeah. yeah.
2: People seem to love, you know, my deep dives and stuff. What I'm interested in is probably about two or three months down the line when I've done all the ancestries, when I've done all the classes... I'm going to have a couple choices to make, honestly. I'm either going to need to start reinventing or coming up with interesting Pathfinder concepts to talk about or start branching out, which could be difficult because YouTube hates change. I did a video on D&D in the past, and because it wasn't Pathfinder, YouTube just said, no one wants to see this. (laughs) It's, It's brutal. The algorithm, for all I praise it, is a terrifying deity.
1: Oh, yeah. So... Yeah. That's uh, like um, uh what is it? We were like we had five episodes up on YouTube and then one of them was copyright striked, so we had to take all of them down.
2: What? All of them?
1: Yeah, all of them yeah. because of our introduction. Like, oh, they all no. had the same intro, so we had to replace every single one.
2: Yikes. Yeah, no, that's when you gotta learn. Usually the hard way is what it to and not to use. I highly recommend something like Ben sound. For royalty-free music, it's always yeah. your best bet.
1: I've just, I've been, I've just been using the uh, the most funny cop out, and I've just been using YouTube's audio library.
2: Right, I mean that works. You know, it's yeah. there. It's free to use. You might as well.
1: Yeah, it's good enough.
0: Okay, so as a content creator, you've obviously had the chance to work with some like pretty cool people. Like, <laughs> I, I mean, like favorite like collab of yours by far is the Jeopardy episode. I want to do that again so bad. That was so I much was, fun
2: to run, dude.
0: You have no idea, like, cause I was trying to do chores and stuff and I have this going on in the background. Like I'm following along and like, here's like two Pathfinder people that I watch constantly. I'm like, oh, these guys are like hardcore. Like they know their stuff and I'm watching this. I'm like, how'd they get that wrong? Wait, no, they got that one right. And then I was like, I'm playing along my head. I'm like, oh my God, I didn't know that. Or yo, it's, it's, so, it's so hard when you're right there on the
2: spot. Even if you know it, you might not be able to think of it like, and it's tough. I mean, that, and just because we are good at talking about the rules doesn't mean we know all the
0: rules. Yeah. Uh,
2: As as a GM, I've always prided myself more on my ability to quickly look something up rather than know it off the top of my head. I have such a pattern. I'm I'm a really fast typist. I average about 105 words per minute. Um, (laughs) And so, yeah, usually because I'm usually playing online. My ability to just alt tab, control T, type in whatever, hit enter and click the first link. I can do it fast enough that usually it doesn't even interrupt gameplay because I can usually
0: see the the question coming. So that's one of my best skills as <laughs> a Oh no, I was just going to say like that was really like a really interesting like video to watch. Just at least to play along with, uh, but So when you did that, what was it like, you know, reaching out to Krug and um, Basics for Gamers?
2: It's not unlike your reaction when we talked about you reaching out to me. Like, you'd think, you know, oh, they're they're all established creators. They must all be cool with each other. No, that that nervousness of, like, hey, you want to play a game? It never goes away, dude, like, regardless of size. Like, the second Basics responded to me, Basics I've actually been in contact with, since probably like two weeks into my channel, maybe three weeks, uh, I would reference his video. Uh, that's right. The first time I ever messaged him because my first few, you can still see my character creation is named basics. I was naming like all of my videos, like the basics of blank. And then like three weeks in, I realized, oh no, that's the exact same naming structure as basics for gamers videos. So I actually changed the titles of all of my videos um, to beginner's guide instead of the basics of, and I actually messaged basics being like, Hey, I just wanted to let you know, I didn't mean to steal your video titles. <laughs> I was like, Oh God, he's going to think I'm trying to steal his views. <laughs> um, but no, after that, he was a totally chill guy. Uh, we haven't gotten to talk quite as much as I'd like to. I still want to play in a game with him at some point. Um, but now getting him and Krugon on for... Um, or call knowledge was a ton of fun. Krug was a uh, super nice in person, super fun to talk to. Um, and yeah, just DMing them on Twitter, being like, Hey, do you, do you want to play in this game I'm making? It's, it's really nerve wracking. And part of it is because there's so few Pathfinder content creators right now. Part of it feels like, Oh no, if this person doesn't like me or this person doesn't want to work with me, I don't have a whole lot of other options. Like I said, there's still a few I want to contact like, um, uh collective arcana i really want to work with at some point because they also do pathfinder 2 e content um but yeah like it's it's tough because you know there is no taking 20 there is no xp to level three for a pathfinder yet
0: yeah i can definitely speak to how that's kind of annoying it's like being a pathfinder player and then just seeing like little to nothing like i mean obviously there's big channels out there you know like like you are and i was the basics and. Uh, Game Gorgon, but you know what? Like, there isn't quite as big of a cult following as there is for like 5e stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no, I remember we were talking about like pulling guests and like who were DMing and stuff. I'm like, this guy is like really cool and I think we'll really like him to be on the channel. And their guys was like, yeah, just DM him. It's not that hard. I'm like, dude, you have no idea.
2: <laughs> dude, I know, but it really is that simple. And it's like, I- I don't, dude. Like, I I am in the exact same mindset as as you are. I'm like, just DM him. What do you mean?
1: <laughs> yeah, I can, I can attest to that. Cause, uh, like back when we started it initially, I was like four episodes in, and I contacted like a bunch of the people that I watched, and. Mm-hmm. You're still nervous, even if you just like, even if you have the mindset of just do it, it's just a message. You're still really nervous,
2: (laughs) yeah. What's the worst they can do? They can say no, and chances are, unless they're a jerk, they're not gonna be like, No, why would I work with you?
1: Yeah, exactly.
2: The worst thing you'll get is either nothing or a sorry, I don't have time.
0: Yeah uh, I remember just like I wrote out this long paragraph in your DM and I'm like oh god I should probably contact like our like the people who like kind of run our like media I guess mm-hmm. I don't know just like a friend of ours Um, and I just like contacted her like hey do you think this is a little too wordy do you think he'll like not like this and she's like just change this one line it will be okay I send this off and I'm like Oh shoot! Okay, hold on. I might not like this. It might be the worst like, thing ever written by mankind. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, I might have said I'm a fan a little too much, and then, um, and then I was going through Twitter, and then I just see your tweet. All right, sorry, it's been a long week. I was on hiatus. I'm gonna check DMs, dude. dude I felt like, so bad how long I made you wait because I saw like a day. that. It was well, yeah. But the thing is, I saw that
2: message at 11:30 at night after waking up from my sedatives on my dental operation
0: (laughs) oh my god so
2: so i was like still like half out of it no no you shouldn't see my face i'm (laughs) I'm reading it and i'm just like this is so sweet yes but i'm too tired to respond right now i just
0: remember like in school i opened twitter to check like all right maybe he's seen it like at least it'll like tell me if it's on red which it doesn't do or like maybe he's seen it and then i just see this like like this of like hi there i'm sorry for not responding i'd love to do it and then just me like (laughs) oh my god just like (laughs) slamming keys and then i just like go into their group our group chat i'm like take a screenshot no one will ever believe me and just like in the chat like freaking out for like a solid hour
2: dude i literally i see so much of myself in you and even though you know i'm only like seven eight years older than you whatever (laughs) i i do the same thing you know when i was especially when i was first starting out and you know someone like basics agrees to do something with me i do the same thing i take a screenshot i send it to my friends and i'm like dude
0: look at this <laughs> you almost yeah. don't like believe it at first you're like yeah. is this like a prank like is is is
1: him, that- are they messing with me is, is this him wrong guy Who did I get? This, is this faker <laughs> oh yeah is this a bot response <laughs> is this what everybody gets <laughs>
0: Yeah, that was what I was definitely worried about. Was just initially like, no, you guys are a little too small for us. And you know, I was like, I was really hoping you guys you always seem like really like this really cool dude when I'm watching <laughs> your content. And I'm like, look, the worst till today is howdy. No thank you. And then just looking <laughs> <eating out> of- <laughs> Howdy <laughs>
1: Howdy. No.
0: <laughs> that would be like the worst slash best text message i've ever received
1: <laughs> the worst the worst that's happened to me contacting people is uh so i had a guy we set up a date to we set up a date to record oh no and then i asked him he's like hey are we still good for saturday nothing no we response. not heard he from ghosted him. you yeah ghosted. he straight up ghosted us oh, we haven't
0: no. heard you since Gosh. we won't say his name but like that's fair <laughs> we're but we're still
2: waiting on your jam bro. <laughs> oh my word that's painful yeah no that that's that is a nightmare i have like i laid down to like rest because i just finished running my my D uh campaign for my patrons at four and so you know i made dinner ate way too much pizza and i'm like i'm gonna lay down just watch some youtube and relax before my before the podcast and i lay down and my eyes are starting to droop and i'm like nope no so i like set like three alarms because my fear is like oversleeping or forgetting or something and unintentionally ghosting someone like that. Um, When I had my, God, when I interviewed WASD20 on my channel a few months ago, uh, the night that we were going to record together, I had gotten a group of like eight friends together to play Among Us. And it was like 9.45 and I'm just like alt-tabbing and I check my Facebook and I have a message from him from 30 minutes ago being like, we still on for tonight? And I look at the clock and it's 10 minutes until we're supposed to go. And I'm like, yep, yeah, we're good. I'll be there. Cool. <laughs> Guys, I got to go. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, that video did not come off of that way at all.
2: <laughs> I'm glad. I'm really glad those, those that theater, de- well, not quite degree, but that theater training coming through. <laughs>
1: Almost yeah. almost 10 minutes before we started, I was half asleep. That's fair. I was panicking making dinner. <laughs>
0: James, I'm like James chicken messages nuggets. Me.
1: He's, like, he's like, hey, 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 man, hey, man, hey, uh, hey oi, mate, you still up? And I'm like, oh, <laughs> forgot we had this. <laughs> Sprint over to my desk, set everything up in like 10 seconds, and we're good to go. Yeah. If you're I'm like
2: a- me, that'll happen. You'll do it 30 minutes ahead of time. You'll get everything set up as fast as you can. <laughs> and you'll still have 25 minutes to go and you just sit there in a stressful ball until it goes
0: dude that was literally me making dinner right before this happened and I'm just like so I set this like at my regular setup because I was like oh I'll have like a cool bath pathfinder backdrop you know I'm like like I'm not recording my room and then it was just like I set this all up and I'm just like oh wait hold on now I have to like actually take time and you know wait this out and for me it's like a ball of anxiety just waiting Mm -hmm. until like seeing all right it's almost six o'clock it's almost six o'clock and it's like no that's how it is
2: and was for me and whenever i would stream five minutes before the stream i would be like i can't do this this is going to be the worst stream in the world i don't want to hit go live the second i go live though it all goes away you know although all that stress all that anxiety goes away because you're just in the moment you know like i mean even i was stressing a little bit before this i'm like what if what if they don't like me? What
0: if I'm a bad guest? What if what if I'm boring? Oh God, no.
1: We've only had we've only had one bad guest.
0: We don't mention that episode. Um. Oh no. So wait, hold on. So your most recent like video, not most recent because you just did humans, but the Drunk Pathfinder reviews YouTuber reviews Tasha's Cauldron. Is that your like your first time doing a big stream since your video game days, or so? I didn't save the live stream, but I did. No, okay, it's on YouTube. No, no, not that, not that oh, one. The okay. drunk one.
2: Yes. Uh, oh, it is unlisted. I never relisted that one. So for 1,000 subscribers back in August, I rolled a D20 1,000 times on stream, which took two hours, <laughs> and that was that was really fun. So that was technically my first official stream. Well, I guess no, I forgot. So a week before that. Uh, I did the character creation seminar for Gen Con, which was a live stream from my YouTube channel where I just made two characters, one Marshall, one Spellcaster, live on stream for Gen Con, which is cool. I have like 60 people in there, which is awesome. But those two compared to this last one are completely different beasts. This one got so much support. So many people came out. I was blown away. I think we had 165 peak concurrent viewers which was mind-boggling the most viewers i had ever had before in a live setting was hundred and that was for a premiere and like i compare this to my my streaming when i streamed video games i would be lucky to have more than 20 people live that one was 150 160 never dipped below like 130 which was nuts
0: and yeah, yeah. So what gave you like that idea of, we're going to do 5e, but from like a Pathfinder eyes, and we're going to make it live instead of like all edited. So it was interesting. A lot of things went into it. One of which was like, you know, Tasha's is
2: big. Obviously, you know, as a creator, how can I capitalize on this without doing the same thing as everybody else? You know, everybody's doing the, my live reactions to Tasha's. So I'm like, well, I could do it drunk. That would be fun. Drink responsibly. <laughs> I think um, we're all a little too young for that one. None yeah. of us can drink <laughs> exactly, um, but the the big one I thought was what if I specifically tailor it as looking at it from a Pathfinder perspective? You know that gives this review a different energy than the others. You know if every all the other ones are you know these these five E GMS who know five E inside and out reviewing this, whereas. I was reviewing it you know, with, with my Pathfinder lens, so a lot of my Pathfinder viewers who might not be as interested in 5e, but have probably still been hearing about Tasha's all over the place, came to join. I got some 5e people who were interested in Pathfinder to join, and like everyone in the middle, it was really, really cool. And even since the, the stream uh, has been archived like on the channel, it's still doing amazing in metrics compared to uh, everything else, so... It was, it was interesting. It was, I'm glad it did super well. And I think the reason I live streamed it is a, I do want to build a relationship with my audience. I've always been a fan of, you know, have, having that connection and being able to talk one-to-one with the audience live in chat. It's hard to rival that, you know, there's the discord server, there's Twitter and stuff, but the live stream is so cool, you know, cause I basically get to make a video and everyone else gets to Take part in it you know you say something in chat i respond to it it's in the video which is really cool um and so i just figured such an outrageous weird different idea might
0: be better fit as a stream than a video do you think having a pathfinder lens offered more insight into the tasha's bulk i don't
2: know how much insight it gave into tasha's itself but it did give me a lot of cool ideas for pathfinder like some of the artificer stuff i think could make for a really cool alchemist subclass or even just a new type of crafted item you know what i mean there's tons of opportunity for homebrew to steal from other systems whether you're 2e stealing from 5e or 5e stealing from 2e or anything else out there i think the best way to do homebrew is honestly to steal ideas from other systems and plug them into your system while tweaking them so that they work and balance well.
0: You have no idea how often I do that for my own homebrew.
2: <laughs> it's, it's, it's safer, it's better, and like, like coming up with your own unique stuff is fun. Don't get me wrong, I love it. Um, but it's, it's interesting because all of these games have been specifically designed, specifically tailored, specifically balanced. So especially if you know the systems well enough, you it's as easy as changing a few numbers. You know, from D&D 5E to 2E, it's as easy as changing advantage into a plus two circumstance bonus kind of thing. So there's a lot of stuff you can steal and reflavor pretty easily. And uh, one of my favorite quotes from history, I don't remember who said it, but I almost swear by it, is that good artists borrow, great artists steal. <laughs> that is such a good quote. <laughs> yeah. yeah
1: i might steal that one
2: it's it's a good one you know like it's it's way easier to i mean it sounds so scummy but it's really how the world works you know nothing's original anymore whether you intend to be copying or not but taking something reflavoring it and changing it into your own is a great way to make new stuff and especially for something like a role-playing game where you're just homebrewing it for your table like i think it's perfect
0: yeah i definitely see that like on reddit like going through the Pathfinder 2 and Pathfinder uh, pages of just like, oh, I homebrewed this from 5e into my Pathfinder game or look at my creation for the Bloodhunter or the, you know, Artificer or whatever cool thing is there. I definitely agree that, you know, like stealing's often like, it's honestly, honestly, kind of a little fun yeah, um, to do. Absolutely. <laughs> especially going back into the old Pathfinder books and like stealing old oh, content.
2: Uh, that would be some interesting videos to make is taking old Pathfinder content and turning it into 2E, like conversion of classes and archetypes and stuff before they officially come out.
0: Oh, yeah. I, you have no idea how many times I've done that and been dead wrong <laughs> on what it is. Like, I thought Cavalier was going to be much different. And then what we got wow. in the book was much different.
2: A lot of people were upset that it was an archetype and not a class.
0: I feel like that's going to be the biggest controversy, and like if there is a controversy in Pathfinder, besides their formatting of the book. Um, there really is. There's a lot of controversy
2: between 1E and 2E fans. There's a section of 1E fans who are like, okay, yeah, 2E is really cool. I like it. But you would not believe how often I get angry comments being like, everything they did for 2E is stupid and overcomplicated. Just play first edition. It's better in every way.
0: Hold on. Overcomplicated in first edition? <laughs> I'm sorry. Is. <laughs> Are we still talking about Pathfinder?
2: Yeah, no, they're like adding your level to proficiency just makes things too confusing.
0: I'm sorry. Let's talk about skill imagine, ranks real quick.
1: <laughs> imagine, imagine, imagine adding two numbers.
2: Right? <laughs> oh my God. And then writing it on a sheet of paper so you don't need to add it again.
1: I feel like can that you, was... Can you imagine doing first grade math? <laughs> <laughs> Holy crap. Oh, I am confused already. <laughs> Look, you like in the heat of the moment, you quickly forget
0: how to do basic addition when playing <laughs> in a Pathfinder game. It's like, all right, hold on. What is my level plus two? Oh my god. But what is one is, like, what that, is three? That is what people bring up in like an actual
2: complaint is I can't I don't like that kind of overcomplication. But
0: it's not you only do it once
2: when you level up and then you write down the
0: plus twelve. It's not even that. Like there's so many great online tools to even make it easier. There's like Google Sheets for you, yeah. and character tools and, and like, role- 20 20
2: and fantasy grounds, they do it all for you, dude. Fantasy grounds, once it has a steep learning curve, don't get me wrong, it's super unintuitive at first. But once you learn it, it's so powerful. It is literally like drag it onto the enemy you're targeting, and it does everything for you every effect, every condition, all of it. If you crit and then drag the damage, it auto doubles the damage. It's
0: that is actually really cool. Uh, now what we're using in our um, home game that we play here is uh character pf2 tools which is a really cool yeah. like website it's almost like for me it's like D beyond for pathfinder and it's all free which is like don't get me started on dnd beyond cuz that's it's own. I word, have like, some thing.
2: issues <laughs>
0: I hate buying a rulebook twice only for not to use it, like one physical, and then once again on D&D Beyond. I feel like wasting $100 isn't worth it.
2: I'm upset that D&D Beyond has all rights to digital versions of the
0: rulebooks. I want a PDF that with is...
2: art and stuff, not this weird laid out
0: web page. That is know? so true. I feel like that's where Paizo really strives in their like content because like... Every PDF is at least half price, which is amazing because it's not even, like, full yeah. price. I remember, like, APG took forever to get to Connecticut, and I was just, like, three weeks after the release date, I was like, screw it. I'll pay 8 bucks and I'll buy the APG PDF.
2: Yeah, dude, and Paizo, they just treat their customers so well. Like, anybody, when the APG was being released and they knew that shipping was going to be slow, they um, if you pre-ordered the APG, I believe, You got the pdf the second it launched which means you could get access to it you know two or three weeks before it gets to your doorstep which was awesome and i i still like my my the best day of my youtube career so far was when i got the email back from paizo's press being like we've added you to the marketing material press team you get free copies of all the pdfs that come out and i'm like can
0: I join these people, dude? I love free people.
2: <laughs> I got. I I wasn't allowed to say it at the time. I got the APG two weeks before it came out. It oh, that.
0: Oh, that's awesome. Oh, that's so cool.
2: Uh, without telling my players, um, when the APG came out, I threw an anti paladin at them as an as a boss, which was so much fun. Oh, that was so
0: entertaining to listen to when you were doing your champions video oh. and you were talking about anti paladin. I felt, Actually, I felt like I whined so much in those videos. You know what? You whined, but you said everything I would ever want to say about Champion. And I mean, it's kind of, I don't know how much we want to go into like physical classes because that is a good chunk of your channel. But <laughs> and we Champion talk about is special. Champion is a very special place that holds yeah. my heart. That is somehow the most controversial thing to come into Pathfinder classes. They're so fun. They are, but then like the alignment part kills it for me. Like mm-hmm. I feel like if Pizo could go back and change it, the first thing I would do is if you want at least alignment like based, have it all within one step of your deity. Don't make it actual yeah, like that's waffles. always my homebrew.
2: Yeah, if you want to be a neutral good paladin, sure. I'm fine with that.
0: Yeah, I think I think they took a very differently interesting take with the champion. I just don't think for me it works well. Like yeah. I play a champion assassin rogue, which is a billion multi class. Oh yeah, um, yeah. Is thanks champion your base? Oh yeah,
2: yeah. Uh, I mean, I will say champion is probably the single best archetype base, just because mm-hmm. by leveling up you will get legendary in all armor.
1: That is, is like the
0: biggest selling point for me was that like fighter cleric hybrid kind of thing and then Mm -hmm. i had a homebrew a lot of stuff before like the anti paladin came out because that's the now closest thing to chaotic neutral i can find fair Uh, yeah yeah but i think with the uh champion it's situationally good and Mm -hmm. it's a very good like basis for a class but you have to multi-class or archetype out of it to get yeah. into oh,
2: a better really field. get left behind. Yeah, their, their feat choices are so restrictive, and a lot of their levels just feel dead to me.
0: How would you, like, because you've obviously done the video, you did three parts for champion because it's yeah, that long. I did not
2: expect to go that <laughs> long. It was mostly just because I was whining so much.
0: How would you, like, redesign the feel of a champion? Because I have a couple ideas, but I want to hear what you think.
2: I would make Divine Ally into more of a subclass kind of thing. Like, I think I would probably merge Divine Ally and the cause, and each cause gets one specifically, and really embrace that more. Let them do more with it which is tough because I also don't want as much restriction on the feats. So many feats say, you know, requires this cause, requires this divine ally, requires that. And I mean, with the way they're written, you know, Paladin is made for blade ally. Redeemer is made for shield ally. And Liberator is made for steed ally. Like I want more from those feet those class features and especially exalt and um, divine smite. I need them to
0: be more. Um, Do you think that if they added, like, with, like, the Magus spell table, do you think if they made it, like, divine, that would help? Like, if they gave champion divine spellcasting? Yeah, like, because back in the old Pathfinder 1e days and even 3.5 D&D, like, Paladins had spells.
2: Yeah, they still do in
0: 5e. Yeah, so Um, do you think that taking maybe adding a spell casting because they're already kind of like half casters with their focus spells exactly yeah that's why i'm thinking they don't necessarily need
2: access to divine spells i love their unique focus spells their litanies and stuff are really cool the lay on hands support is really cool um i do i do still stand by the fact that the whole mercy tree mercy should be like a free action once per turn kind of thing
0: yeah, it definitely needs to be more, like, accelerating touch or something like that. Yeah.
2: Like, that's the, that's the thing. All the Lay all the on Hands buffs are passive. The Mercy is always going to take an action, and it's only a range of touch. So, unless they're within one
0: move action, you can't use it. So. Yeah. Um, but- I can definitely agree with you on that. I think that if they took a more general approach and weren't so, like... So specific, I feel like champion would be like either the most powerful or like the most just well written class if they just was like if they kind of left Lima out of it and was like, all right, this is your cause. Like this is what you fight for, but leave the fighting for generalized. I feel like that's where they could kind of stride with the class.
2: I think they should have do diven, dived, dived. Uh Dove? Dove? I
0: don't know. Just go with
2: it.
1: (laughs) I think it might be dove.
2: Uh, I think they should have gone a bit more with the deity. The deity honestly does not do much for the champion. There's deity's domain and advanced deity's domain. And aside from, like, your alignment, what does the deity do for the champion? You know? All, even so even true. the feats that are, that like, uh, like, the level 20 feat where the shield gets sent to your deity, they repair it and give it back. There's no deity flavor there, which I know it would be tough to flavor it for every deity because there's so many. But, I don't know, I think they could have... They could have might have been interesting is if each deity had a champion cause you know if you are a champion of Seren ray you're always a redeemer have it be based on deity rather than alignment and then make specific feats that target you know that type of deity you know targets the redeemer deities or the paladin deities and that would help alleviate some of the restrictions i think because they could also then they could get away with just the three subclasses and even evil champions could still be paladins or
0: redeemers yeah like just assigned to the correct deity where it makes sense i feel like though it's a hard thing to write champion because like in fifth edition you don't need to be a deity to like have a deity to be a, like a paladin like you know no i think i think it's either flavored or homebrewed but i think it's some dnd beyond video or somewhere in the Book itself or the player's handbook. Like, you could just, you're like, your oath is so powerful that you just now have, like, this, like, divine, in quotes, abilities. I feel like it's really hard to do that with Champion because it's like, you are your own f- god. <laughs> You've ascended. <laughs> just, oath of
2: myself.
0: Yeah, I feel like that's where, like, 5e kind of kicks 2e's butt is subclasses are much cooler. They are cooler, dude. Like, the,
2: uh, The Oath of Nature or whatever, that looks to be a druid. Oh, the Oath of
0: Ancients? Yeah. That's the
2: one. I love that one. That one's so
0: cool. That one's flavor. Um,
2: Yeah. The problem with the champion and Pathfinder is they wrote themselves into a corner. You know, with the lore, with the way they wrote their champion, there just wasn't
0: a lot they could do with it. Yeah. I feel like that's kind of true of, like, either your subclass is very freeing, like, where it doesn't have an effect like a hunter's edge for a ranger like that yeah. subclass means absolutely nothing to you except for like pure status bonus except right. for, it like, affects a with. few
2: feats and your attacks but it doesn't I don't even think change. there's
0: a i don't even think there's a feat like looking over a ranger there's not a single feat that has to deal with your hunter's edge not one yeah.
2: oh yeah they're all class features
0: yeah yeah it's only two class features level one and 17 and then it's like dead silent on your hunter's edge
2: yeah i have a ranger in my
0: campaign and i'm it's like that feeling of i
2: love rangers
0: (laughs) i definitely say homebrewing for rangers is just a lot of fun because you only have to worry about two things and then you're completely done
2: yeah honestly yeah homebrewing a new ranger's edge was super easy and super fun made it all about weapons with reach oh nice that's very cool um Right. Now let's, yeah. uh,
1: let's go into our signature question that we've had to ask everybody so far.
0: All
2: right. Oh, God, I didn't prepare for this one. I told yeah. you I wouldn't, <laughs> but I forgot about it. I forgot about it. All right. Oh, I love hitting
1: guests with that one, too, and they're not let's ready go. for it.
2: Let's go. Hit me up.
1: It's even better when they're not ready for it. If you could pick two elements and rename them, changing both symbol and name.
2: Symbol? Oh, like the letters? Yeah, the letters. Yeah. So All right. All right. We've,
1: we're trying to develop our own periodic table. All right, we've had the first two rows done so far.
2: All right. I want to rename Einsteinium. Gets too much credit. Steinium? Einsteinium. Okay. All right. I don't remember what number that is, but it's on there. And I don't know anything about the element or what it does.
0: You don't need to. You don't need to. You just rename it and just call it a day. (laughs) You know
2: what? He was clearly just thinking of his own ego when he named it. So how about Egoium?
0: oh e g o i u m egoium, egoium. all right I like it we're gonna keep that all right, and you get one more <laughs> oh God has anyone done uh radon yet no, no, that was completely free uh that's one of the noble gases, right? Yes, it is. Yes. God, I haven't done chemistry in so long. <laughs> this is why I told I told Barat when, Barat was like, after we finished recording our third episode where I've solved all of chemistry problems, Barat was like, we should make this a reoccurring question. I'm like, every adult guest will forget chemistry by the time we ask that. God. All right. And then I, in, I said,
2: yeah, that's the point. <laughs> in complete contradiction to removing Einstein's name, I'm going to name this one Nonon
0: all right uh all right but, all right so you, radon is now nonon. i mm-hmm. love it
2: i took einstein's name off the table and put mine in place
0: that is the most <laughs> badass move <laughs> <Just> like, <laughs> that's called a power move <laughs> <laughs> the business we call this a pro gamer
1: <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> i love it if you uh if you need some other examples of what people have named elements Please. like Potassium has been renamed to uh, banana split.
2: Oh, I never gave them. I never gave them letters.
1: You want them? Yeah, it's uh, two letters. You can
2: change
0: them. Yeah. I think
2: nonum would just be NN.
0: Nice. Yeah.
1: Mm. <laughs>
2: uh And e- egoium probably e. I- oh, not still
0: Einsteinium. <laughs> uh, I guess is E-G, eg already on the table? Uh, I don't see a single eg on here. So you're probably Let's do E-G. eg. Good old egg. <laughs> yeah, we've had some ob- ridiculous ones. I personally have claimed a couple, more than one.
1: Oh. <laughs> by accident. James has claimed three entirely a non-existent elements.
0: I've claimed four elements that do not exist yet. All so, right. And then I think I've stolen oxygen and then water. <laughs> Just renamed those. <laughs> what are they? Uh, okay, so... I didn't think I was going to swear in front of you, but just fuck it at this point. Uh, (laughs) I renamed oxygen the shit you breathe in. All one word. Okay. Water is now known as the bland shit. Um, The element 119 is because I... I think I completely forgot how chemistry worked when that question was first asked to me. So I was like, what would the properties be? It was like, it brought, it's like, it'll be extremely radioactive. It, like it'll blow up in water. I'm like, boom, hydro bomb one And fantastic. then fantastic. Then I claimed the next four elements as kaboom and just spelled it out. <laughs> Literally the A-A-B-O. letters just spell
1: kaboom. I love it. K a b o o m.
0: I love it. Uh, our friend Emily, who's like our media team head, uh, renamed, I think one of them, the element of surprise and did ah. it. Ah,
2: that's,
0: yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. so clever, dude! I love it. Oh yeah,
1: we've uh, had somebody, a lot of fun. Somebody renamed titanium to Titanic. Aww, dude. <laughs> there was also It was also the <laughs> renaming of boron to boring.
2: All right, classic.
1: Oh yeah, no, we absolutely love. I love that question. That's a
2: fun one. I really like that question. The it hard always- part's gonna <laughs> be the last person when there's only two left.
0: All right, the entire fate is
1: now on you. Well, if it's just them, then I think we uh we create another section.
2: <laughs> we add more elements. What you... follows
1: after Kaboom? Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> Oops. <laughs> oh yeah, oh, this is gonna be a question. That question has been like some of the most fun to Dude, answer. That's
0: so great to
1: get answers to.
0: Okay. All right. What else you got for me? So, Barat, you're a new player. I've obviously been playing yes. for. I played uh, Pathfinder since beginning of my freshman year in high school, and it was oof, back when I didn't understand Pathfinder. That was when I had the most <laughs> fun, by the way. When I didn't understand how a system worked, it's so it was just so like fun learning how it all comes together. I remember getting my ass absolutely handed to me by a Tazzle Worm because I was a sorcerer. Mm. And it was just like a level... My dad's like, it's only a level two monster. I'm like, dad, I'm level one. I have six hit points. Please don't like kill me. <laughs> yeah, this one like worm took out my entire party. <laughs> it was like six of us. Oh, no. We played until like he 2 a.m.
1: worm. <laughs> Dude,
0: uh, in, in that D&D basic campaign I was telling you about,
2: um, randomly while traveling, I just told them they were traveling along a beach, and one of them goes, I dig for treasure. I'm like, why? They're like, can I? And I'm like, you could try. And so I rolled on a D100 and I got like a 60 and he found nothing. And then our poor halfling goes, well, if he wants to, I get to too. And I'm like, okay. And I rolled a D100 and I got a one. And so he just dug and a oh, no. mini, purple worm just came up. and oh, him. No. It was like a mini one. It wasn't like the, the giant tunnel boring Oh my oh, God. My, The whole combat, he was fighting it from the inside. That's like that
0: Drax moment from Guardians 2, where he's like, I could beat the beast from inside. (laughs)
1: Exactly. He's just clawing away at the inside with no effect to the monster at all. (laughs) For the
2: rest of the campaign, his character had a phobia of anything worm or snake-like. It was great.
0: I'd throw like a massive dragon and just go, all right. Have fun, buddy. <laughs> Just, I feel like uh, the frightful aura and, and or frightful presence, whatever it's called, oh, Pathfinder, gosh, yeah. or oh god, I'm, that's like one of those Jeopardy moments. What is the name of the frightened condition for <laughs> ninety feet of a dragon? God, I think it's frightful presence. I think that's what you're right. Let's see how well I study.
2: <laughs> I can I can casually pull up dragons here because I have access to all PDFs at all time. Uh, uh,
0: oh, do not all dragons have it? Frightful presence. Yep, presence. You were right. Yep. DC three on adult red dragon. No, I have Confirmed. Pathfinder easy James tool. Is a nerd. Easy... <laughs> oh yeah, no, I absolutely like have studied the text. I pride myself on knowing how big of a nerd I am, and then might everyone need to have else. Have you on
1: against
2: basics? <laughs> James, James
1: oh, has read the Bible multiple
0: times. <laughs> If you do invite me to that, I will, like, binge through both basics. I will actually know – I'll take a week off of school and just uh, <laughs> study. Until
1: I, no, you I will not go to be school. a week this off of school. This is more important. important.
0: I think you the only category that will honestly truly trip me up, and if I ever do come on, this is what will kill me, is the Pathfinder lore because I do not Dude. know – Basics knows his lore. Oh my god. That was word. so crazy watching him, like, get like, those questions. I'm like, oh, how? He just has a Starstone mini in his house. Like, good uh, lord. I watched that category come up. I'm like, there's no way. And he's like, oh yeah, I have, like, a Starstone sitting right there. I'm like, how do you know that? Oh, man. Well, the problem is, like, Pathfinder has so much lore. Actually, this so is kind of one much. of the things I wanted to go into, like, about Pathfinder writing and, like, the way that their world works like compared to like the forgotten realms is like, yeah, they're so well written. Like, like anytime they have like a culture in there, it's so well developed and it's never like that, like cultural appropriation thing. It's always Mm -hmm. well, like written into the world. Like the Milwaukee expanse, which is, I'm so looking forward to that magic school. The AP
2: is going to be great.
0: I am. You have no idea how much I want to delay our, um, our role for idiocy game just so I could <laughs> do that specific one. I'm like, I can't wait till June though. Um, yeah, I think like the Mwangi Expanse is really well written and some of that other stuff. And I don't think like, I think that's why, kind of where people are getting fed up with wizards is like that, like borderline I don't, racism or like- It's, it's such a
2: touchy topic. And yeah. Paizo just knows how to write it well. Like my, I bring it up in the human video, but the, the Half-Orcs Monstrous Peacemaker is such a good example of that. Where, like, because you're, you're half human, half monster, you know how to talk well to these marginalized races, orcs and goblins, which people assume to be aggressive. You're good at talking between them. You're a great mediator. And I'm like, that's, that's awesome, you know? They're, they're not sh- scared of it. They're not scared that, yes, it exists, but it's a problem. You know what I mean?
0: I honestly think that's where, like where the heritage system works so perfect within the Pathfinder 2 system because it's like acknowledging that like races aren't only from this. Like it's only <laughs> like not every sylph is the same sylph. Oh, it's... I love, yeah, that ancestry and heritage are separate. That's so cool. That yeah. is honestly one of my favorite mechanics like looking into it. Like heritage aren't always powerful, but they're always just like that extra bit of flavor Liter. that you need yeah. on an ancestry.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Um, All right, uh, back to James's original question. <laughs> oh, was there a question? What yeah, was my original he was, question? He was about to ask, um, "Do you have any player? Like, do you have any tips for new players?" Into oh, that was where uh, I was oh, going, man. <laughs> into no, no, into either Pathfinder itself or just tabletop RPGs in general. Yeah, because
0: uh, Barat, you just got into it with our first game it was like our your first like major introduction into. I'm new
1: to yeah, I'm new to Pathfinder, not uh, TTRPGs, because I used to. I started in freshman year. And then I've been playing for three years, but I didn't get to finish the campaign because of Corona reasons. Mm, I feel that.
2: Am I allowed to just say, watch my video?
1: (laughs) You know what? You're our (laughs) plug for the episode. Go
2: ahead. (laughs) Um, That is
1: is your plug.
2: (laughs) I'll take it. Uh, No, for a new player, the most important thing I can ever give them is don't overthink it. Like, it's going to be complicated. There's going to be a lot to it. Don't let the rules bog you down and don't be afraid to ask questions. You might feel like you're asking too many questions. No such thing. If people are getting mad at you for asking questions, that's their problem. Like Yeah. They if they, if they know they're going to be playing with a new player, then you know they should expect that and that's your right as a new player to ask questions you don't understand none of us have memorized the core rule book there is 600 pages in there oh that's like 640 page monstrosity yeah no and i, love I can't it.
1: memorize no. 10 digits of pi okay
2: 3.1415926 that's all i got
1: same I, I can't go any farther than that
2: my brother knows 100 digits i think dude your brother that's just
1: that's
2: impressive. <laughs> I think he just spent like a month memorizing it one time and never forgot. Them. Oh my God. Um, but yeah, um, especially for Pathfinder, don't be afraid to ask questions. For RPGs in general, have fun, man. It's, it's so corny and I hate saying it, but it's true, dude. Everyone's at the table to have fun. The people who are at the table to make the strongest character, do the most damage, You know, that's fine as long as it's not getting in the way. But if they're getting mad at you for screwing something up or whatever and people aren't having fun, there's a problem. And the best solution for that is just to talk about it. You know, talk about what will work for your group. Does your group want to just use rules as written? Do they want to homebrew? doesn't matter what you want to do as long as everyone's on the same
0: page. Yeah, I I really get that. Like I have friends who only do rules as written, which pisses me off at times because I'm like, (laughs) if you only homebrewed in – this would solve your problem. And he's like, no, rules is written. I'm like, okay. Which is where I got to give Tasha's a few points of
2: you know, respect in that a lot of the stuff they added, like I didn't originally view it this way, but I'm learning that there are a lot of groups out there that only do rules as written. So a lot of these optional features they're adding into Tasha's are super clear, easy, obvious homebrew, but now they're in there so you can show your rules as written like, hey, no, I, I, I can do this, see? Like, <laughs> for most people, it's not super necessary, but maybe for that occasional group, it's what was
0: needed. I think it kind of reminded me a little bit of the variant rules and the GMG. I love those, dude. I play it's Stamina so now, and it's yeah, Stamina saved my life. <laughs> like, every I, problem. It looks cool. I haven't played with it myself. Uh, I have, I've heard a
2: lot of people are not the biggest fans of it, I but just, I like how it
0: looks. I like that. Uh, I think it works well when you don't have a cleric.
2: Yeah, for sure. Or anyone trained in medicine. Uh, which is That's one unfortunate thing I do got to give Pathfinder is if you don't have someone trained in medicine or a healing <laughs> spellcaster, they're kind of out of luck.
0: Um, I think that also offers that like, somewhat realism to what combat looks like. I, like. I like that. It's like, all right, one long rest after finding a red dragon almost dying, absolutely fine. Like
2: I hate that. Yeah. No, like e- even some of my Pathfinder games do play that way. Cause they just want to keep the action rolling, but I love the realism. I love well, realism. I love yeah. the, uh, constitution. Mod. <laughs> uh, I usually play by the long rest is uh, constitution mod times level. That's it. That's, yeah. that's what you get. So like multiple days, like it's designed that after a big fight, you can take a few days of downtime, take some time off and heal up like yeah if you're in a campaign like a dungeon crawl or something that's just session after session of fight fight puzzle fight hazard fight fight i can see yeah you want the long rest to heal up just so you can keep going but in in those lengthier campaigns i love the the normal
0: long rest system i don't know how much you know about 1e aps but Not really. Rain of winter is the first like campaign that i played in mm-hmm. and that entire like modules is now like Tomb of Annihilation equivalent for Pathfinder of just like, you could tell horror stories about how long you survived. I got four modules in and then had a TPK like right off the first session of, oh sorry, module God. four. That's like where we ended our campaign. It was just like, yeah, we're all dead. Right, <laughs> well, yeah, hell to just start
1: I with can, all new characters. I can bet money that our cleric hates us by now. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> with, with all of the crap that we've done, our cleric hates us. <laughs> Okay, so
0: No Not for context. Uh, I have a really bad condition called rolling high against players. Uh, it's I feel it's bad.
1: I, he, has, I, he has loaded dice. It sucks.
2: I suffer from that, or I suffer from rolling garbage. I specifically roll garbage in boss fights. Really? So my my random little chump enemies will almost TPK, and then my big, specifically custom-made boss will only roll one through five.
0: <laughs> it yeah. Sucks. I, just, we, just almost, we almost we yeah.
1: almost we almost got TBK'd by goblins. Yeah, I hate this game. In- well, to be fair, <laughs> I
0: misjudged slightly uh, your encounter size because one of your players left. I feel like Ooh, that'll do it. I like, balance it was balanced until there was like eight goblins versus three of you, and then it was like Mikel couldn't roll to hit. I like
1: three on my own.
0: Yeah. Uh, so Barat plays like a swashbuckler. Mm-hmm. Who never uses panache apparently, which is like shush, shush.
1: I've just forgotten about it. Okay, I've just forgotten about it.
0: <laughs> oh yeah. So no, it's really fun as like the GM to just like figure out like what does it does not work at a party.
2: Mm-hmm. And it's it's just so hard too though because even if you're slightly off balance and roll too well, you could kill. But, like, I, I overtuned this. Earlier today, I overtuned a monster. I made it way stronger than it should have been. It had resistance to damage. I gave it double its normal hit points and upped its damage and gave it new spells and abilities, and it missed every single attack. Oh. It had a plus 15 to hit against our level 3 party, and it missed every attack. It should attack. be,
0: like, an auto-hit, like, at that yeah. point.
2: No, if it rolled, like, a 7 or higher, it would have hit, like, any of the party members, and I missed
0: oh my my god God. who was it it was you barat actually okay so they all leveled up to three it brought is like over here bragging like oh yeah i got like a plus 10 to hit now like my armor class is almost 20 and i'm like i sent him a picture of a level five i think it was like a polar bear i sent him off a picture like (laughs) the plus five modifier like plus 15 modifier. like keep talking i got like these guys for days
2: (laughs) oh man it's great dude like I mean, that's, that's one of the most fun parts of Champions is being able to oh. bulk up that AC. Um, I think, same with monks.
1: Ooh, Our, actually, monk, our the... monk could not hit for shit. It was hilarious. You want to talk about something <laughs> funny with the monk? He could not hit for that whole encounter. He got <laughs> unconscious.
0: That's my favorite part is that he wrote the characters like, I'm this badass. And oh, then, yeah, this guy. No, you're
1: not. <laughs> <laughs> And then uh and then like I think 3 turns later I went unconscious. That was from <laughs> then, some very unlucky then, hits. Brilliant luck of fate rolled a nat 20 back up with one health. Oh, and then ended the tough. encounter. Nice. Yeah. yeah. And the the boss fight against that ne- necrotic guy was even even closer I love oh yeah.
2: Those fights, dude. They're so so satisfying when they finish.
0: That's how like a, you tell a good story. It's just bake, right? My honestly jam philosophy is beat the shit out of the players until like they have a fun time. Yes. They don't yes. Let, they find like oh easy combat boring. Like all right, exactly. easy. I found that out the hard way. Like I I play Iron Gods, which is like a kind of like a Delgeon dovey campaign. There's a lot of mini encounters. So I scrapped half the mini encounters just like it's gonna be big fights the entire time have fun because yeah, they're more fun you know in a video game it's fine to run into a thousand
2: little goblins because it just you know it feels good to you know press the buttons and perform the combos but in D, you really need those multiple cinematic moments you can only decapitate a goblin so many times before it gets boring <laughs> i was yeah.
1: i was terrified for my life <laughs>
0: That I've made it.
1: I've done it. <laughs> no, but the the dumbest part about that whole encounter is the amount of damage we did, and then one of the PCs just did grim te- uh, grim tentacle and healed him up entirely, and it was yeah so bad. So
0: anything Wait. with okay, so you know, I threw a plague zombie and a giant skeleton at them at okay. level one, and uh, I was like, this is gonna be a fun counter. They're they're obviously gonna survive because story uh i knew because we have to actually like keep recording after it and i'm like all right i'll throw a plague zombie beefed up and a giant skeleton so plague zombies have negative healing damage like heal on negative uh uh-huh. which is like vampires and some other yeah. things have and then my friend who hasn't played pathfinder in like a year or so was like i cast grim tendrils i'm like okay is that negative damage that's negative
1: damage oh no dude dude healed my boss healed up healed up everything we did
2: i can't even make fun of that because in my session today with my big boss um he was he was surrounded he he was a vampire a full-on vampire surrounded by the player characters um and i'm like all right this is going to be good and i cast uh Crap, what was it? Uh, the something decay. Uh oh, uh, what's, what's the spell? It's the primal spell.
0: Oh, uh, why I have will... I f-
2: corrosion. Nope, I should have had this prepared. I am apologizing.
1: Don't be <laughs> this is me freaking out too for not knowing. <laughs> uh, I am the only calm one. Yeah, it's true
2: uh oh you know uh, sudden blight. not at all what i thought but oh, okay. yeah so he quickly just casts sudden blight directly underneath him 20 foot burst 2d 10 negative damage on a fortitude save and i forgot that a it was negative damage and b half the party was dampierce oh no so i just healed half the party i hurt the other half but half the party just heals 10 hp and they're like oh thanks
0: That is so great.
2: But, like, oh, God. Like, it it even made sense for the campaign. Like, the vampire wouldn't have known they were peers, But, oh, my God. As a GM,
0: I was like, wait a second.
1: (laughs) I may have forgotten about Panache, but I remembered Disarm.
0: Oh, that gave it really a clutch for you guys. I gave it, like, the crystal skull kind of thing, whereas like, he controls the giant skeleton through the – scroll crystal necrotic item MacGuffin, whatever Mm -hmm. and Brat was like so i'm like over here like draining energy out of this thing i'm controlling the giant monster the back it's all fighting like the artificer and the cleric i'm like oh that's actually the one time a cleric domain has come in handy by the way i'll explain that in a second because you said i know you said they're all trash there's one time where i got pissed (laughs) i got pissed at my cleric for having a domain spell (laughs) uh was like okay i disarm him like, okay, make her check critical success.
2: That means you get to take it, right?
0: It's not even take it. It's auto-disarmed. And I narrate it, so like he like cut off the dude's arm. Nice. And then it just like the thing broke and I'm and Brat was like, Oh, that was probably controlling the giant monster. I'm like, dude, I didn't even think about like the control <laughs> of it. And like now it does. <laughs> <laughs> then it just goes berserk. Oh yeah. Uh there's a fake domain delay consequence and i rolled a natural 20 on the cleric and did like a buttload of damage like 18 damage which is i know sounds little but level one is like a lot oh yeah
2: level one uh
0: she used that on me it was like all right i'll just heal during my next turn and then just like, I'll drop unconscious later, and just like, because it's like delaying your pain for like a round, and it's cool, yeah. Cast heal on and that, herself, and then just like, boom, right out.
1: And then she just dismisses it after,
0: after the boss
1: dies, just dismisses the spell.
0: Yeah, she dismissed it early just so she could get the healing potion in her like body faster. I'm like, you jerk. <laughs> That's.
1: And awesome. then, uh, wait, did you explain what happened? Because my internet cut out there.
0: So, uh, oh, what happened to the zombie? Yeah, Yeah. uh, it just started losing limbs.
1: (laughs) It's like nothing. Like, uh, first his, like, arm went, and then I went for his other arm, because I'm one-handed, so I made him (laughs) one-handed. Nice. (laughs) And then I made him (laughs) no-handed.
0: Thing in my game is rolling exact damage.
1: Oh, I I rolled an exact four, and then James was like, God. Because they they have
0: weakness to slashing damage, and so slashing 10... 14 it only has 14 hit points left it's at zero and these guys keep rolling the exact number of how many hit points like leave me with one i get one more round with it if it's at one <laughs> it's very yeah, much no, like it's, that it's
2: definitely an interesting mix as gm like yeah i love to see you succeed but i want to keep playing too <laughs>
0: yeah like i like these are my little toys like
2: <laughs> stop breaking my action figures <laughs>
0: That's definitely like the whole mood of just being oh, a GM. That's great. <laughs> I don't think they like people realize like your job as the GM is to constantly get your ass whooped.
2: It like, really always. is. The like, GM almost always loses. And when they don't lose, it's usually really unfortunate.
0: <laughs> it is. Or it's like Empire Strikes Back, where it's like really interesting and then sets up a great new opponent yeah. for the campaign.
2: Yeah, no, I do love when player player loss and failure does not mean death and end of the campaign
0: if Um. avi was on here right now she'd tell you why she's pissed at me because i accidentally killed one of her uh characters by using channel uh i used divine font but it was like a cleric so it was negative energy accidentally Mm. killed her with it and like now it's like set up this great new chapter in the campaign with the character and it's just like i keep getting she's like i'll make a druid next time and i'm just gonna make you really angry like (laughs) and i was like Whatever you do, do not go wild order. She's like, why? I'm like, you have no idea how complicated Wild Shape is. Dude, Wild Shape is... Re-
2: that's. I'm not a fan of Wild Shape in 2E. I'm really not.
0: It's weird. It's weirdly worded. Mm-hmm. And honestly... And you need I, all the
2: other feats to make it unlock different aspects. And- that
0: was the most... In, I think that's where APG kind of saved the cleric for me. Be- not the cleric, the druid. Because... In the Koru book, your order is your druid, and that's it. Like, I know there's technically, like, order bending with that one... Yeah, order explorer, yeah. Yeah, but, like, besides that, every other feat's your order. Like, it's so...
2: Yeah, and if you you want to diversify your druid, you need to take order explorer. Yeah. Otherwise, you're pretty much stuck down a pretty linear path.
0: Yeah, I think Wild Shape is definitely either... I can't tell if it's overpowered or really... Overworded and it's really hard to tell.
2: It's, I think it's overworded. It's, it's overly complicated how it works at first. And then it's like, if
0: you have pest form, yada, 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 yada. if you have fly form, da, 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 Oh my god, that is gonna get really annoying as I go later in the campaign. Cause like, because I was writing druid, it was like, if you have dinosaur form, add like p- pterodactyl if you have aerial form. Like, yeah, you, it's, it's, it's like, a lot. It's too much. <laughs> I feel like that's like honestly like where Pizo kinda of loses it is they're like they're so quick to overword it that they lose that like new player like it's coming true. into it, it. A new
2: player can be easily overwhelmed depending on
0: what they look at first,
2: which is yeah, if they if they look at the wrong thing first, you know, if they look at druid first or they I'm trying to think of the other most um, um complicated class. Oracle. Yeah, <laughs> if they thought. God forbid a new player
0: looks at Oracle. <laughs> I have a new player currently looking at Oracle. I'm like Don't no! DO <laughs> It's so complicated. Oh, God. Keeping track of your curse and everything, dude. It's brutal. I felt like it was much better handled in the playtest than it was in the actual... I never
2: did the the APG playtest.
0: I only stole it to look at it. I feel like somewhat the playtest for two classes was better. The witch and the... Actually, hold on. The witch is its own separate tangent of why I don't like it. Yeah. I think think the witch is
2: too similar to the wizard.
0: I think it's either too similar to the wizard and the patron should be more like your cleric where it has more of a direct impact, not mm-hmm. like all right, your lesson is a feat you have to take and none of the lessons right. really have here's, to do with your patron and here's like, three focus spells. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like I don't mind the hexing. I don't mind like yeah, the that hex is feel. Really cool. I
2: like that. But I just yeah, don't the like... patron doesn't do much. It's more role play, I think.
0: Oh yeah, definitely. I just mm. I don't know. For something about that, like I feel like that's where like warlock kinda gets better. Yeah, uh, I do I do
2: wish Pathfinder had a Warlock, for
0: sure. I feel like that's why I homebrewed a Warlock into the, like, Ooh, Pathfinder 2 system, fun. just because I'm, like, which is kind of dumb. <laughs> just, like, straight <laughs> up, just, like, it's a wizard, more steps, your patron's kind of lame. And yeah. then I play Age of Ashes, and my friend's like, I'm multi-class, which I'm like, have fun. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm overall not a fan of familiars in Pathfinder. They're fun for roleplay, but overall... Mechanics-wise, they're nothing. Yeah, mechanics-wise, they're mostly just an extra reagent or an extra spell slot or something.
0: I used it so you can cast cantrips through your familiar... Because at least gave yeah. him a I think witches
2: Yeah, witches can do that. I think,
0: right? Yeah, I don't. I don't even know. Witches <laughs> like one of those classes. Like I skimmed through. Yeah, I still need to research that one of the swashbuckler for the videos. Swashbuckler's
1: fun. <laughs> it looks cool. Yeah, it it is so much fun to play. Even even part. though I've forgotten half of the character. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, so what is some like regular? pathfinder games do you play do is it mostly one shots for you because of your editing recording i,
2: schedule? I play primarily campaigns i actually don't play one shots that often because me and my friends have a problem where we play a one shot and get so attached to the characters it becomes a campaign <laughs> uh, but no so right now i'm playing we just finished up our first campaign with my uh, primary group uh it was a completely homebrewed one it was really fun called sands of kadira it all took place in kadira and I just, I rolled with um, our champion being of Ray, uh, Rovagug, the god of destruction, was uh, slowly waking up. And so they were like sort of slowly uncovering all this junk going on of this underground be- uh, group trying to resurrect Rovagug, spawning these really unique enemies that I homebrewed, which I think are official in Pathfinder 1e. I can't remember what they're called, but there are these giant gelatinous kind of like spiders with four spider legs coming out of a human head instead of a body Uh, and the human head has eyes but no mouth and the mouth opens on the scalp face spider they're terrifying and they were awesome to use um and so they fought fought it as like a boss fight at like level three and then at like level eight they fought like five of them at once um and the final boss was a a devil that had been possessing people and making it happen and then they uh they capture it. But yeah, so we, sorry, I like telling that story. Um, uh, we finished up that campaign and then we've just started one where I'm actually getting to be a player, which is really fun playing my, my dirty fighter. Um, and so I play in that one once a week. I play in a 3.5 campaign once a week. That's Tuesdays and Thursdays. Every other Saturday I run a patron campaign and every other Sunday I run a patron campaign. Uh, those gotcha. are my four right now. I did have one going on every other, other Saturday, uh, but that one has been put on hiatus.
0: So what's exactly like not only doing Pathfinder professionally, but then going out of your way to keep playing TTRPG into your own like personal life? Um, It's interesting because every
2: – game is so different every ttrpg session is so different from themselves so even though you know three of my campaigns are using the same session every campaign is so different they don't feel like the same game and 3.5 obviously has different rules and stuff but along with that they're all with different people so the vibe of the group is completely different the adventure is completely different the characters are completely different and so that along with just my, my work being primarily mechanical right now, I'm mostly going into the mechanics of how the system works, it's not interfering as much. Back when, like, you know, I live streamed video games, you know, a video game is a video game. You'd be playing a video game. Even if they were different, it, it'd still feel like I, could, I should be playing this for my job right now. Uh, making videos is, in my opinion, far less stressful than live streaming. Because live streaming, you know, you have to be at 100% all the time. Videos are like, I can take it easy. I can break it up into multiple parts of the day to work. And I don't know, it's easier to separate videos from my games than it was to separate live streaming from my games.
0: Gotcha. Yeah.
1: <laughs> does, it ever, does it ever feel like uh, when you're playing games, does it ever feel like, you know, I could be making content of this or like I should be making content of this? Does it ever feel like that? Uh, video games or TTRPGs? Uh, TTRPGs.
2: Uh, Not really, no. If anything, when I'm playing Pathfinder, especially, it makes me feel I'm learning. You know, it's almost like I'm doing research when I'm playing. Because the more I play, the more experience I get. The more experience I get, the more confident I can be in my content. Uh, A lot of my content, I'm honestly not as confident in as I wish I could be because I haven't gotten the opportunity to play Pathfinder that often. I've GM'd for months on months now, multiple campaigns but this campaign is the first official campaign where I get to be a player. I've played in two other one shots before this, but this is the only campaign I've ever been able to be a player in. So I feel like that does skew some of my judgments on classes and archetypes and what I think is strong versus weak um, because I'm I'm viewing it purely
0: from a godlike GM status. Do you think your top 10 class video would change now, depending? (sighs) By now,
2: probably not uh ask me again after i finish going through all the classes in my deep dives because i do have i'll say i have like more respect for the bard now that i've gone through like every single thing start to finish in one long go but i still don't think it would make it into my top 10 just because i'm not a fan of pathfinder bards as a whole um but what's beautiful is other people really are i, I had a pair of comments in my comment section on that video um the first person said, um, oh God, what was it? It was like, how could you put Champion and Bard at the bottom? They're the two strongest classes in the game. <laughs> and then someone else responded being like, I don't think so. They really seem to be suffering the most. And I think that calls for a very balanced system in that people are defending different classes. You know, people, Some people might, one person's weakest class might be somebody else's strongest. And that, co- that amount of disagreement might be a testament to the balance. You know, everyone sees things from a different perspective. So power is relative.
0: Yeah, I definitely think certain people like who like certain play styles do very well with certain classes. Like I, I love half casters. So like Monk and Champion will definitely always be like some of my top. Yeah. I do think you're right, though. Like I didn't even think about it until I watched that top 10 video. How broken Fighter is at level one. And if yeah, you think about at it, five. yeah, you at level of, thirteen. Yeah. <laughs> eventually they get better at punching things than Monk. They start better anyway. <laughs> yeah, I know they start. Actually, that was a huge problem in my Age of Ashes campaign. My GM went off on a tirade. It was like, how could they be better than hitting a Monk? I'm like, Monk's already have the best AC with Expert already. It was just like, uh, but I didn't even think about it. They eventually could get legendary in punching if they wanted. Yep.
2: I oh, was, not even if they, even if they don't want to, it master. automatically happens. Huh? No, because at level 19 they get versatile legend to become legendary and everything.
0: I completely forgot about that.
2: Automatically.
0: (laughs) See, I fighters are so broken. Yeah,
2: yeah, no, it's. I think fighters their unarmed strike should have been at trained, and everything else should have been at expert.
0: Or at least Um, put it up to expert. Like I would not go higher than that.
2: Yeah, I don't know. It's it's tough. Fighters are weird. Like people always say, like, well, of course they're more powerful. That's all they do is fight. Let's not true you know fighters still get decent amount of skills decent amount of options they can still archetype into anything without losing that power you know they can archetype you know again my build is going to be absolutely broken because as a dexterity based fighter with eldritch archer then my plus three bow with legendary proficiency is my spell attack roll too yeah the spell attack roll on that is going to be completely higher than any other
0: wizard or anything in the game i definitely think like they also got a lot of powerful feats that like starting level one it's like power attack sudden charge like they're like paizo's like we're gonna make sure the fighter knows its place and it was just like and then it was just like yeah it's place at number one powerful like power attack it's, yeah i mean it, it does what it does but yeah like a magic weapon power attack level one What do you think, actually, of not having subclasses for fighters and monks? What do you think of that, like, I forgot monks didn't. Yeah. Um, I don't mind it because their
2: feats almost are their subclass. Like, fighters have two-handed feats and dual-wielding feats and bow feats. And so that sort of – your fighting style, like, from 5e, basically is your subclass. You know, you specialize in two-handed or dual-wielding. But what's cool – is you can mix and match and trade away some raw power for versatility. Uh, an idea I've always had is a fighter with a, a longbow and, like, two short swords. And just with the, um, I think it's, like, twin parry or something like that, um, for, like, a quick action, you could drop your, drop your bow, draw your sword, and attack both enemies that are flanking you. Uh, I love that. I can't remember what it's called, but I love that feat that it lets you attack two enemies flanking you and with how easy it is to drop a weapon and spend one action to draw one you can make a very versatile character
0: i think and, that's the, oops, sorry i think that's really interesting cuz it almost feels like pathfinder hates dexterity based characters really why do you say or that or at least builds because like my friend wants to play like a monk rogue but like there's only way you ever get damage with your dexterity is through the rogue racket that's fair. thief. like it's like I understand prioritizing like strength in 5e is kind of like a lesser stat because, like, you know, it's not used for very much because your dexterity can solve everything in right. 5e. But, like, I don't know. I think like making dex builds is ultimately like really hard. I think, like, it's definitely tough. Are-
2: um, there are feats that support it. You know, like on my fighter, I have point blank shot on my short bow. So I get plus two to all my attacks. And if you certain weapons are good for it, you know, like my short bow has deadly. You know, if I critical hit, I'm rolling 2d6 plus 1d10, which is really good. Um, no, it definitely hurts. It hurts rogues that are not thieves pretty badly in that you know, using a dagger without a lot of strength is pretty much pointless. Um, it's I rough.
0: thought the rogue rackets definitely kind of made up for that with the key ability score being so versatile. I love that.
2: I, on, uh, that's another thing I wish they did with champion, is that your cause determined your key ability score. I think that would have been cool.
0: I feel like if they went more in that, that, and more what I call like tradition bendy classes, where like sorcerer witch, like they can cast off of any tradition. I feel like mm-hmm. if you kind of brought that into some other classes, I feel like an Arcana cleric would be a really cool like. If you would right to an arc like if you pray to Nethys, which is like the god of magic, then mm-hmm. it'd be cool to have like that Arcana caster or. Yeah, it it gets difficult though because at that
2: point, every spellcaster starts to blend together.
0: I'm that already.
2: I'm already not a fan of the Sorcerer in Tui. I I don't like that they can use every single spell list. uh, Because, in my opinion, Sorcerers are better bards. Straight up. Like, I think the Sorcerer is just stronger than the Bard. An occult Sorcerer can do more.
0: This is where I'm going to disagree with you. I actually find it way better written in Pathfinder than other systems because of the fact that with that bendiness, it also gives your bloodline that much more significance where like every sorcerer and one e could cast off the same table but like if you're like if you're born into divine magic then you should be casting divine spells yeah flavor wise it's great it's fantastic mechanically is where i mechanically yes it's the glorified bard essentially
2: yeah um yeah so i i don't know it's it's impossible to find a perfect middle ground you know unless you come up with some brand new mechanic and it's just so hard to balance
0: yeah um Yeah.
2: No, I love the flavor. I love that your bloodline determines what type of magic you use. But um, it just, it struggles with how they built the bard. And I think part of it is just in my issue with their bard. You know, the bard is just a spellcaster now. Like that plays music.
0: I feel like though, in other editions, you kind of got that vibe of a bard doesn't know what it is at all. Where I liked like, that though.
2: The bard had a little bit of combat prowess and a little bit of spellcasting and a little bit of thief abilities.
0: Yeah, I didn't think it was like terrible in the way they like designed it mechanically. Uh, I think like the like warrior muse, it kind of went into that a little bit better. Slightly, it's 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 a step in the <laughs> right direction, I guess, is what I'd say. Yeah. So besides it's, like yeah. the formatting of the like physical book itself, which I've heard is like the number one <laughs> Pathfinder complaint, which I'm like. Yeah. I don't see it as bad, but like oh, it's there. It's oh, good. It's bad. <laughs> <laughs> I love the system dearly. It's so bad. It is. What else do you think would be like the biggest like hurdle that players have to like go through to really like love the system? And how do you think like creating that Pathfinder content will help some of these players who are just like, Man, I can't understand what half this book is saying?
2: I think your first five or six combat sessions are going to be a slog. That might be one of the hardest things. Nobody knows what to do, how to do it. Like I'd say your best way to get through that, especially, I mean, you know, if you're taking in Pathfinder content, learn your class, learn what you yourself can do on your turn. The less time you spend thinking about what you can do, the better you can think about how you can do it. You know, if you already know your spells um, or your, you know, your go-to spells off the top of your head, then you don't have to go searching through your spell book for which spell is best to cast in the situation. And you know your, your bonuses and everything and your range increments and whatnot. Um, but what's also interesting is even now, even like nine months into the system, God, it's November, 11 months into the system, <laughs> um, I'm still learning stuff, which is really cool. Something I learned uh, a week ago, I did not know, sorry, two weeks ago, I did not know you could shove somebody while you're grabbed. Can you? Yep. If somebody succeeds their grapple check on you, they have you grabbed, not restrained. And grabbed does not inhibit any kind of attack roll, including shove or trip. Huh. So to get someone off you, you can make an athletics check to shove them five feet. And it makes sense. You know, if they just have your your shoulders, you can shove them. Now, if they have you. I never thought about it like that. Yeah. If they critically succeed and have you restrained, you know, they have your entire body wrapped and bound. Yeah, you can't shove them. But, yeah, if you are just grabbed, which is super helpful because a lot of monsters have the auto-grab ability, um,
0: you can shove them off. It's great. That is awesome. Mm-hmm. So how do you think, like, your content can kind of help these, like, new players?
2: It's, it's tough. I definitely I, – in the future, I plan to make another beginner's guide, like round two or something, whether it be mm-hmm. the same kind of videos now in higher quality uh, or just covering more beginner-friendly content. Uh, but my content right now has just been to get the information in an audible form. Because I know a lot of people are auditory learners, not necessarily visual. You know, reading a book isn't super effective for everybody. Sometimes they need, you know, a teacher to tell them that's why school exists. Um, Unfortunately, but
0: yes. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so my goal right now is just to get all the classes, all the races, all the archetypes, you know, all of that just in spoken word, almost, uh, almost you know, almost audiobook style. Um, and then once I have that out there, I think I'll go back and I'll make a more cohesive beginner's guide. I think I'll make a start to finish like, Hey, if you want to play Pathfinder, watch the videos in this order. And yeah, I'd like to make it bigger, maybe involve some other YouTubers and it It could be fun making a much bigger thing than it is.
1: You you could essentially just make your own podcast and talk about this on there.
2: (laughs) Dude, podcasts, I'm sure you know, they take time, man. They take so much time. Like especially because i'm a perfectionist so i like to go in i edit out every single uh um or o's oh shoot um, yeah no i we, do all uh, i
1: definitely haven't been doing that
2: <laughs> <laughs> um but that just trying to find the time to do that on top of everything else because you know two hours to record which means if i'm editing everything out that's a minimum two more hours to edit and all of that, it's, it's a lot. So I just, unfortunately, don't have quite the time. And I did try a podcast for a little while, while back, but uh, it just didn't interest me as much. I wasn't a fan of how much research and prep went into a video of that uh, video, uh, something of that length, you know? You know, my videos, I like doing my, my quick first impressions or like a 10 minute video that I researched for, but an hour plus rant of research is tough for me.
1: Yeah, I can can understand that. Like, we we have barely done any research here at all. (laughs) Like, I'll just look up interesting facts. We'll start with that, and then we'll look up any, like, interesting current events, and we'll go from there. I
2: mean, that's fair. That's a total – that's absolutely a (laughs) genre, I guess is the word, of podcast. Yeah. um, Like, we've had –
1: We've had, we've had discussions on like how we could just record on normal conversations, upload them to the internet, and then people would love it. And that's what we've been doing.
2: Dude, it's, it's solid. Especially if you have good chemistry with the ability to play (laughs) off of each other and don't have any awkward silences, you can absolutely do it. 100%. That kind of constant conversation is what people look for a lot of the times.
1: Seven, seven years will give you that constant conversation.
0: I bet. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I think, like, the one time we've had, like, an actual, like, lull was, like, in our third episode, and then I just started going off on, like, chemistry rants, (laughs) and then it was just, like, (laughs) that became, like, my most fun episode to record after this, like, now this is number one, but, like, (laughs) number two is just, like, that content, like, Here's 45 minutes of Brat and I just dying of laughter as I just make crap oh, yeah. on the spot. <laughs> oh <God. laughs> We, we made up
1: it. everything for that episode on the spot as it's we were so going fun.
0: into
1: it. I, I, I love it. like product, that. Dude. It's
0: awesome.
2: Yeah, same. Honestly, um, I don't do it quite as much for my patron games because, you know, they're, they're paying to play. I want to make sure they have a good experience. But usually when I'm playing with my friends, I'll write a couple of sentences that I want to happen and maybe plan out an encounter. But other than that, I just let him go. Stuff comes up as it comes up.
1: We've seen we've seen James's note sheet of paper. <laughs> I have a single
0: sheet I have a single sheet of lined paper that's like a page and a quarter long and that's the entire campaign and then nothing <laughs> else is planned.
1: <laughs> that so, is our campaign for the next like couple of weeks. <laughs> oh,
2: it's great, dude.
0: My, I love it. My logic for that is you can't a camp- derail a campaign that it was never on rails. It also, it honestly helps you as the GM not accidentally railroad
2: because it's easy mm-hmm. to accidentally railroad something. Um, yeah, I, I usually just paint a couple of pictures. Like in my Patreon campaign, even I was like, Hey, there's stuff going on in the mine. You have a note that's related to this town down the way, and also there's a main villain in the big bad area. Do what you want. <laughs> yeah, it's
1: like a it's like a Zelda game. Exactly. There's a big bad somewhere. Right, you find him, you deal with him.
2: Right, you don't have to go straight there. You can if you want to die, but you don't have to.
0: Yeah, Ganon and I could wait for like a day.
1: <laughs> All right, so. We've like bombarded you with questions for around what seems like two hours now. Just about, (laughs) yeah. And yeah, and now uh, I'm asking you: Do you have any questions for us two? Any anything is on the table.
2: You didn't warn me.
1: Oh no!
0: This was something I I wasn't even known about. It's for like two minutes ago. (laughs)
2: All right, favorite RPG classes, go. Okay. Not just Pathfinder or D anD D. Like in anything, in video games, what have you? Your f- single favorite RPG class, personally, it's a wizard.
0: A half spellcaster, half martial. Because I want like a be, spell
2: sword.
1: I want to be a little bit of good in everything.
2: <laughs> oh, so you like a five E bard? <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> usually, usually I'll just go with like a normal sword fighter, but eventually. Uh, I was I th- I forget what game I was playing, but they let you use a guitar as a sword, so it was great.
0: <laughs> what Final Fantasy game did you crawl that out? I have, <laughs> I have of no Barfarian. idea. They just
1: let you use a guitar as a sword, and it was great. That's amazing. I love it. Uh, God,
2: uh, questions, questions. I have to be entertaining. Uh, <laughs> favorite
0: food, taco. And. <laughs> that's it <laughs> yeah, taco's, good. tacos good
2: tacos are fine burritos are
0: better uh i get pizza customly imported from chicago that i eat about once or twice a year that's this number man. two Wait, are you serious this yeah uh there's man. a pizza shop called luman because my parents grew up in the midwest and every year i order maybe once or twice i order in i spend like 100 bucks and i'll order in six pizzas and just freeze them Dude, that's awesome!
1: That's All the great. way from Chicago, this
0: man has ordered pizza. Do what you love. <laughs> deep dish, deep dish pizza is its own level of heaven. The fluffier the pizza, the better. Fact. Oh yeah, that is. People
1: I'm lactose like intolerant. Crust- I love this. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh my God! Back in like seventh or eighth grade, James would just f- flack Let me let me put this in quotation marks, but. Right. About to, to die. die. <laughs> This was like lunchtime, and he would just chug again. He would just chug like a carton of milk. What? Oh God! There, and be then fair. it would, it would, it would, it would annihilate our noses in class. Oh like when God! <laughs> in class, James from the back. What's worse is, I'm a very
0: like rogue person IRL. And so I'm ninety percent sure I'd sneak a like lactose pill right before I drank you it. Did that? I yeah. And it's so sad now. In front of this, in front of a complete stranger. Of like, hundreds of people and me. <laughs> yeah, it's just like James <laughs> farted a lot.
2: <laughs> hey, once it's a secret, you don't need to be embarrassed anymore. Or once it's public, <laughs> <laughs> it's not a secret anymore.
1: Yeah, um, I think I think one of the funnier things we did in middle school we explained back in uh, episode four our like spooky podcast. We'd prank Calvin. <laughs> We pranked on one of our friends, like ev- extremely er- elaborate pl- prank. Oh, all right. I'm interested. I just pulled
0: one of those off recently on another friend, too.
1: <laughs> that, okay. Okay, we'll talk about that one later. But the, <laughs> the old one was about, um, like, he had a terrible fear of clowns. Oh, no. So the, uh, everybody decided to put clown makeup no. on my face. Oh, <laughs>
0: I masterminded right. this, by the way. So prepare for your like whatever like a, expectation a, to be lowered.
1: There was there was like a whole thing, like it was like a James Bond movie, man. <laughs> that's, that's what it felt like to us. It's Holy, suited God. up. <laughs> like, uh, we made sure no one close to him found out the plan. Uh, Only people within our group knew nothing else, and then I chased him around the parking lot. Oh no! (laughs) That was the best. That sounds like the worst day of my
2: life. I don't have like a clown phobia, but man, anybody in clown makeup running at
0: me would terrify me.
1: He almost—he was was talking about it in episode four, and he was like, "Guys, I I literally almost pissed my pants that day." (laughs) So funny. I'm oh. so proud of that. <laughs> this is got that one of my better too. ones. So we got him during lunch and then he was like, Oh, okay, he's gonna take the makeup off because it's like we're <laughs> gonna have it till the end of the day. But then we sat down in English class and the teacher was like, Since tomorrow's Halloween, today's the day off. So <laughs> so <clears throat> we made the makeup like four times better, and then we scared. What you did I, it again? Yeah, no was best
0: was me me and another friend, Isaiah, who's, like, really close friends with Calvin. We went out first. They we held put, him down. We held him down while Barat just barreled out of the school. Oh I swear to God, God, it was, like, watching the Kool-Aid man, to like, burst through the door. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, my
1: God, you're the worst.
0: I, I <laughs> always got kicked. Guy. I always got, like, kicked or punched once or twice because I I used to do a lot of Taekwondo, so I had him almost like. And my dad's like a teacher, so he knows like restraints and stuff and would practice on me because, like, I'm a little teenage nerd. And so (laughs) I put him like an arm lock and just like holding him there
1: as just like Broad face just (laughs) right. Oh,
2: God. Eventually, eventually
1: they let him go. And then he sprinted.
0: (laughs) I've never seen seen this man run so fast
1: in my life. I've never seen Calvin run that fast, ever. Oh
0: god. I'm a truly terrible person, but I own it. <laughs> <laughs> At least <you> admit it. <laughs> yeah. That wasn't my like, my favorite one as of recent. I convinced my friend that he has a bad case of chutzpah. Which if you don't know oh. is a Yiddish word. Yiddish word, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh because I'm Jewish, so I grew up with all these Yiddish words, and he was going off about how he has some like like uh, some sleep problem, but obviously, like clearly, didn't know what any of his problems were actually were. So, giving the wrong terms, like he was describing uh, narcolepsy as if it was like sleep apnea. I'm like those aren't the same thing. <laughs> no, they're not. <laughs> so, like four of us were on call, and I was like, guys, what are the chances he actually knows what he's talking about? Nothing. And so they're all like, no way he knows. I was like, guys, 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 guys. What if I took dragon names and called them diseases and see if he'll get them there? That didn't work. <laughs> so, I'm like, let's throw a little bit of Yiddish in there. Let's say he's a bad case of chutzpah, and then we tailored chutzpah's disease to be exactly our friend. Hold on, hold on. That was the final step. First thing is, I went into because I know a lot of HTML and CSS. I went into (gasps) Google into into inspect mode (laughs) and I changed the definition and sent a screenshot of the new definition. (laughs) That's fantastic! Oh and, my god! That wasn't like, far enough for me. I took it a step further. I went to Mayo Clinic and then made a fake pe- made a fake page just for chutzpah. And all- oh my
2: god! Yo, that beats clown makeup. That beats clown <laughs> makeup definitely, by a mile. It definitely does. Oh my
0: god! What was worse is I went to Weebly, made a fake website that you could probably go to right now, and it's a fake one all for chutzpah recovery. Oh my God!
2: Next time you'll be telling him about his vasculent symptoms.
0: <laughs> he can on with his way down to the doctor for his tickets. <laughs> oh, I love that. That was God. my. That was like the best part of my week. <laughs> that sounds fantastic. That was
1: so good, and it was all it was all like right after school.
0: <laughs> that was so worth it.
2: Dude, straight straight respect. As a theater major who has listened to far too much uh Fiddler on the Roof. I do know. I do I know the uh I terminology. That. I, oh man. So good.
1: Oh, like James has pulled off two extremely elaborate pranks and I was a part of both of them.
0: Yeah I, I just teamwork. It works <laughs> makes well. <the> dream work. <laughs> well, my parents used to prank me a lot and still do as since I was a kid. So Your like parents prank you? Oh yeah. It's a terrible thing, but honestly, it's worked. It's, like, the same way bullying your kid makes them actually, <laughs> like, really. <laughs> oh, do they prank you to teach you lessons? They teach you lessons. Like, oh, that's great. Like, my favorite one that's ever backfired, the one I tell everyone, like, when my parents, like, when they add like, your parents seriously prank you? I once gave my dad a wedgie because I, I first learned about it, and my dad did not like that I did that. So, he decided to put a, uh, so, you know, like, on sinks, they have, like, the sprayer. Yeah. I don't know what the actual term is so no, he I, don't nozzled, I don't know i don't know uh <laughs> the spray thingy that you'll get attached and just spray a pan um mm-hmm. he put a rubber band around it so if you turn on the sink it sprays
1: oh my god i've done that
0: my favorite <laughs> part about this prank was i was nine years old i my dad's like go do dishes i don't do dishes at nine all right i'm not that old i can make you dishes like i can get dishes on the sink but yeah. i'm not doing it <laughs> uh so dad's like uh, okay, uh, I guess I'll, I'll go do dishes now. And he follows me into the room. I turn on the sink. It starts spraying water at me. Oh my God. I'm supposed to turn it off, right? Any logical person would turn it off. No, I turn around, bolted down the hallway. <laughs> my dad got ten times far wet than I did, cause he had to rush up to the sink to go Shut turn up. it off.
1: <laughs> oh
0: my god, that's fantastic!
1: What kind of lesson was he teaching you?
0: Don't give my dad wedgies or like. Oh, where right, the that. wedgie? I forgot. But my parents would pull that stuff oh. even for shits and giggles because like. I was deathly afraid of the Borg for a very long time. From, from Star, Trek? Star Trek? Yeah, from Star Trek. So we went to Goodwill one day, and they found, like, a Borg, like, mask. And my dad was such a jerk with it. Like, he put it in random places in the basement. Oh, I used to have no. a punching bag when I used to do karate. So he put the mask over the punching bag. Oh my God. And the worst one he's ever done to me, I was getting out of a shower. I opened the Oh, door. no. I'm staring. There. My dad's 5'10". And just, I'm, like. 10 years old, and you just
1: see this Borg daring down on me. It's terrifying. <laughs> I've learned oh that. Oh my God. I will say
0: I have a better person because of my parents' sarcasm <laughs> my parents' level of pranks they would go to. Dude,
2: like, yeah, my parents wouldn't prank me, but we did have this really terrifying, like, three and a half foot tall toy soldier. They would typically break it out at a, at Halloween and stuff, but like, sometimes it would just be like perfectly aligned where the closet door would be open in the basement oh. and it would be staring just out the door. And like in retrospect, I'm like, I wonder if my dad positioned it like that on
0: purpose. I probably would have to right? Like
2: in it. retrospect, I'm like, yeah, I would do that to someone. Yeah. <laughs> they have no proof it was me. Oh man.
1: So yeah, wait, no. uh, when I was, when I was little, I used to like sleep next to my parents' bed. <laughs> Because I was terrified at night. I could not sleep on my own. And so one night I woke up in the middle of the night and my father is standing at the end of where I sleep. And he is like he, he is like a five foot he's like five foot seven. He's just looking down on me and I am terrified. <laughs> but and then I woke I like I woke I was just like terrified and then I went to sleep. Somehow Wait,
2: why was he standing there?
1: <laughs> somehow I went to sleep, okay? I wake up in the morning. And then I asked my dad, he's like, was that you? And he was like, yeah, that was me. And I was like, what were you doing that night? And he's like, oh, I was just moving stuff on top of the shelf. I'm like, oh.
2: See, the scarier thing it could have been was like, if she said like, no, that wasn't me.
1: No, that wasn't me. <laughs> oh, that I, think, I think James has had one of those stories where <laughs> you're uh, the brother and Chica thing.
0: Okay. This might be our last story, but I'll tell right, you yeah. because I feel like, no, Nat, you'll get a kick out of this one. Let's
2: go. End it off with a banger.
0: All right. So th- you know, Five Nights at Freddy's, like I how do, big yes. of a phrase that was. When yeah. it first came out, it scared the living daylights out of me because I wasn't used <laughs> to jump scares yet. So one. God, night, how old were you when that came out? Oh, like sixth like, grade. So like. Yeah. We oh were really Eleven, young. twelve. Yeah, that <laughs> would have
2: gotten me at that age. Even at like, eighteen, nineteen. That game
1: guess... still gets me now.
0: Really? <laughs> Doesn't get me anymore, but mostly because I've watched Mark's playthrough of it. Like that's times. the only way I watched like playthrough for <laughs> an F, was just watching Markiplier go through it. So uh, I went to bed one night, and you know I was like, I used to be one of those uh, people who would wrap themselves in the blanket like burrito style. Oh yeah. oh yeah, it's the best way to sleep. Oh yeah, it's the most comfortable because all the blanket is you. Uh, <laughs> so I went to bed one night after like this is like I think the first or second day of learning this game is, and. I feel something underneath the covers like I wake up and there's something underneath the covers and I'm like What it could possibly be in my room Whoa. And so i'm freaking out because I feel something like brush up against my leg. And I'm like, oh, that's not good And so I like curl up into a little ball and i'm freaking out. I grab my phone I like all right flashlight like this could go. I'm so scared. I grab the covers look under like I do like that one too and the so I'm looking down under, I don't see anything except for just two little meaty arms grabbing the blanket and pulling it back down. And that was the most scared I've ever been for my life. What? Was it you said it was your brother? Hold on. I didn't know that at that time. So I run out the room. go sleep on the couch. And now I have a very overactive imagination where if hmm. I don't see anything in the dark, I imagine something's something. Exactly. Yeah, same. Hardcore same. Oh, yeah. Definitely. So I envisioned there was Chica standing right at the hallway. <laughs> Were you FNAF watching one Chica or two Chica? FNAF, FNAF one. So it's not even like it's the <laughs> creepy robot one <laughs> just staring, glaring oh, at me. I'm no. like, I cannot sleep with this. So I go back to my room, phone in hand, flashlight. I grab like I think it was like a lightsaber or something like like bludgeoning <laughs> and I just like I open the door. I was like, "All right, if you're in my room, make your presence known." <laughs> and no response. Oh no. So I start poking like my bundle of blankets. No response. I kind of hit it a little bit. I'm so glad my brother wasn't in the bed. It's like, there's nothing there. So I'm like, okay, moment of truth. I grab the blanket, rip it off. Nothing. Nothing is sitting there at all. I have no idea how I went back to bed that night, but I managed to fall asleep. And I wake up the next morning and I tell the story to my mom and dad. And they're like dying of laughter because they're them. And... (laughs) My brother, who's like five or six at this point, walks out of the of his room from his bed. I'm like, Zachary, did you did you sleep in my bed last night? And he goes, Yeah, but you weren't there. Wait, that means this boy crawled into my bed, watched me freak out, stayed there for a couple minutes, and then ran out the room. <laughs> I I tweeted this to be like an older brother prank. This was a little tiny kid. This is a little kid. like (laughs) The most innocent eyes telling you, yeah, but you weren't there. Oh, that's freaking gold. Oh, my. It's
2: being like, he obviously wasn't trying to scare you. That's the best part.
1: (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, that's
0: fantastic. That's the level of chaos that's in my house. Dude, I love it. I'm not
2: jealous of it, but I love it.
1: <laughs> oh, that's great. Oh, okay. <sighs> all right. Let's all right, let's, uh, let's move into our final section. So, all right. remarks. Yeah, Closing no, Now This is where we give our so,
0: last-minute thoughts about all of the episode. We want to leave it out on a bang. Okay.
1: Essentially a TLDR of the whole episode.
0: Uh, I'm great. <laughs> Subscribe to my channel.
2: Follow me on Twitter. I'm great. I love it. <laughs> cool. Yeah. All, I right. Think okay, all right. We're done here. All right.
1: <laughs> Bye. Just straight up leaves. Bye.
2: Um. Yeah. But no. If you want to start,
0: I don't know how to do this section. Okay. Brought. <laughs> you could <can> go first.
1: <laughs> oh, I'm the host. The host goes. Damn
0: it! I, I have to go first. Oh no! I don't want to stop talking. Okay. Uh. It was absolutely great having someone I, I idolize come onto the show. Um. Honestly having all the anxiety, having all that built up to like what we got today is absolutely amazing. It's super fun. Nonat's honestly seriously chill dude. DM him. He's awesome. Don't bombard <laughs> him, but just let him know he's cool. Uh no just thank you, Nonat, for like just be really cool with all this. Like oh you could have easily said no and <laughs> I'd a really fun two hours. <laughs> yeah, no, I've had a blast. I want to thank you for having me
2: on. This was super cool. Uh, it's the first podcast, like I said, I've ever really been a part of. I think I'm going to be on one in like December or something, but no, this was really cool. I'm really glad I said yes. I'm really, this was a huge blast. Y'all are really, really cool. Had some fun conversations.
1: Uh, yeah. Barat. Yeah. So, so my closing remarks. All right. My closing remarks. Uh, It's been great having you, Nonat. Honestly, there's broke records. Like, uh, this episode is the longest episode we recorded now.
2: (laughs) I tend to talk a lot.
1: Our our second last was um, our Halloween episode with like an hour and 44 minutes. But, yeah, it's been great. Uh, Learned a lot of new stuff about Pathfinder, sitting and listening.
0: (laughs) That's my goal. (laughs) Well,
1: that's good. But, uh, yeah, thank you again for coming on.
2: Yeah. Uh, I part of me wants to say like, hey, follow Professional Idiocy on Twitter and stuff, but then I'm like, you're already watching and listening to it. So I don't you think that's
0: far in. You're-
1: and if uh and if any other guests are listening, our DMs on Twitter are open. Hit us <laughs> up.
2: Hit them up, guys. It's a lot of fun. It's a ton of fun.
0: All right. All right. All
1: right. This has been Professional Idiocy and we'll see you next week.